Okay, right. it is now recording. Should I pause it until we start? No, just go. Just okay, go, we're just, just going. Go. All right. Yeah, just go with that. Well, I think that Grippo should pay us. I think I'm not going to say Grippo's name until Grippo starts paying us. We're salespeople, Grippos. I tell you, those are um, those are cheese. If you're listening to us, first of all, welcome to Bone Him. Yeah, yeah. Second these, of these all, Grippo's barbecue flavored cheese nibs. Well, basically, they're they're cheesy poofs. Yeah, barbecue flavored Grippos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the back end. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, people listening to the show love us when we do this shit. I don't know, but once again, Grippos, we'll gladly let you sponsor us. 20 bucks a month. I'll eat a bag of these every show. He will, too. So, James, we don't have somebody tonight. Who is that? Um, well, uh, Sean Connery's not here. We don't have several people. Tonight. Who is not here that's usually here? The Holy Ghost? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what? What the that? Holy Ghost? Well, I mean, you know, I think he's with us always, but I don't feel him tonight. Have I been separated from the what? force? Who? What's his name? Oh, oh, he he hung in Florida for a while. Chad Jennings. That's right. Chad couldn't make it's a it hanging tonight. Chad joke because our episode is. If you're watching this on YouTube, I have on my Star Trek hat because we're doing Star Trek: The Last Trilogy. That, that would be. I think. I think there's another trilogy that involves stars. More people are interested in. Yeah, it's called Lord of the Rings. And Viggo Mortensen, he's a big star. Oh, I thought it was Twilight. See, Twilight, oh! Twilight is when the stars come out. Joe. Our Pats is the new Batman. Yeah, he's he's uh, he made the comment that if Batman failed, if it didn't live up to expectations, he would quit and do porn. I don't know if you heard this. It's true. No. And so a bunch of people automatically went, God, I've never hoped more that a Batman film failed. And I was like, really? Well, I mean, He's got a five head. I never it, understand but, why but, women find him attractive. But if you liked... An actor, but when you know, you some want... women have slept with me before, so yeah, well, I mean, and, and, and by sleep, me. there wasn't much sleeping. I tossed and turned all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to have sex, and they're like, "No, no, no, let's slumber, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Let's just take this one step at a time." No, you actually, but I'm not exactly sure what sex is. <laughs> well, Joe, when a, a man there's sex in the saw, boy. <laughs> no. The sex, who knows what the hell sex is, but the Saul, the Saul is family. Thank you, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, for teaching me everything I need to know about sex and chainsaws. That's what they use in Hazard for uh, sex ed, right? You just watch that? Well, I I didn't go to Hazard, but thank you so much, you twerp. I was tra- channeling. Is that Craig that does that to you? No, Hyden, no, not, he he, no. That's where I'm actually from. No, where, oh, I, Heinemann, not County. He does not County. Yeah, Joel not Lewis, County. I'm sorry. County. I'm sorry, Craig. If you're listening to this, I'll be shocked. <laughs> well, I'll be shocked. As hell. <laughs> but but he's always good about sharing it. But anyway, I just spilled well, on myself. I, I changed my part. hat out. If you're listening to, from Star Trek to the Galactic Empire, which Babylon is Babylon Five. No, we're doing Star Wars now. The reason why it took us forever to do Star Wars is that everyone does Star Wars. So we had to come up with something that we thought was different. And what we came up with, we threw out the door. Yeah. <laughs> a year later, we Turns was, out none of you were interested so we in Star Wars another, babies. Yeah, Star Wars babies. Until now. now until there's a oh, baby Yoda. It's true. Uh, or the, the child. Yeah. Or the asset. Anyway, we're going to tackle the latest trilogy. Yeah. 
you have heard us comment, specifically me, Star Wars is one of my favorite movies of all time. If you're ever in, lucky enough to get to go to my, <laughs> my basement, you'll see that I have an original one sheet for Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back hanging up. It's original. It's encased in glass. It's over there next to John Carpenter's The Thing, Ghostbusters, Evil Dead, Alien, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Lord of the Rings. Some of my favorite movies are all kind of clustered in one little section. Things that I love dearly and that influenced and and basically gave me my, well, except for Lord of the Rings, the child, my childhood. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars is an important part of my life. There's a ton of Star Wars stuff in here. I have bought and well bought. I've never really sold anything. You had Star Trek. I had Star Wars, and I got and I I do love Star Trek. Now we've talked about this. I loved the movies as a child. I've told you this before, and then I actually I got into the shows as an adult. Yeah, well, I, I think that's kind of my journey to Star Wars because I loved Star Trek as a kid, and the reason I loved Star Trek as a kid was we we, we you were a nerd. Well, no one we, loved you. We, you were an outcast. We didn't have a lot of. Did money. I mention you were an outcast? Uh, we had antenna TV. Did and I once, mention that no one talked to you? You had no friends. The, yeah, you, no loved ones. I didn't know you went to my high school. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just just assuming. Uh, well, stereotypically. It's accurate. Um, actually, you know, I've I another story, but I, I won't go off on that one. But no, so Star Trek is what I had first. But the reason I had it first was it was free. We had an old antenna, the well, old it's school, cheap, and they in syndication cheap. the original series, cheap and easy. Yeah, like your mother. That's not true. Mom has top never quality. been cheap. <laughs> top, top dollar. Top dollar. Top dollar. No, Easy's but... getting to sleep with her. <laughs> it's post-coitus that's going to cost you, buddy. It's being allowed to leave. Yeah, $10 yeah, to get in the door. It's a thousand to get, to get out. out. Um, anyway. uh, mom's door. Uh, anyway, the uh, but so Star Trek was free, basically. We got it through Antenna, and I was four or five years old. You hear this, Mary? We're talking about Star Trek again. And my dad watched it with me. It's one of the things that dad... She supports watched, the show. Yeah. Well, I like to give shouts out. Shouts out. I'm going to give another shouts out. <laughs> when oh we my get God. To I know you don't that. watch Letter Kitty, but way to go there. Uh, and now I'm blanking on the Squirrely Dan. But way to go, the Squirrely Dan. The other day told me I needed to watch Letter Kitty. You do, Squirrely Dan, because he adds S's on everything. Shouts out. Yeah. Except for when they talk about shishimis and sushis. I, guys, I don't think there's supposed to be an S on that. Anyway. But no, so Star Trek was free, and, and we were poor. But you know what's funny is... Yes, yes, um, tell us more about your... Anyway, I tend, if you're watching, I have a Yoda. Mmm, tell me more about your shit childhood. <laughs> Wouldn't it be... What, that, you didn't say that very Yoda-ish. No, I'm not very good at doing a Yoda. Mmm, um, shit childhood you had. <laughs> there you go, much better. Mmm, um, but, mm, but oddly enough... So breakfast you wanted. My dad always wondered how I ended up... Mm, a, a, obviously you made up for it. <laughs> It's true. Mm, fucker tubby. <laughs> or is it tub or fucker? Yeah. Tub no, or fucky? No, he always says the right word. He just says them mm, in. Anyway. Mm, um, fucky but, tubber. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, mm. Anyway. He, mm. By the way. Point you make. If you're listening to this, he, he has a Yoda. Point you make. it by general direction. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I had spot. I'd do it mm, back to you. Spit out. Uh, you do. Unlike mother. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the uh, mm, jizz in mouth. <laughs> so, 
Are you just going to do this for the rest of the episode? I could. It might get us higher rated. I could. I really want to talk about Star Trek. I mean, Star Wars. But no, what I, my what point being, shit? Star mm. Trek, so Star Trek was my gateway to a lot of science fiction. Yeah. Star Wars came along later for me. Actually, I saw Indiana Jones before I saw any of the Star Wars movies because my dad liked adventure films and action films. Dad, yeah. Literally, if something exploded, Dad was fine with it. Okay. Um, but Star Wars, oddly enough... It explains um, other... I've got nothing funny Star there. Star Wars, so I, I came late to the party for Star Wars in some ways. I'd seen it, but to really get into it, I was probably 10 or 12, which I would actually argue is a great time, a great age to get really into Star Wars. I, I don't know. I got into it Oh, my young. son is into it now, too. Young. And, and then I, I took my son to Five or six, it. I was probably um, hooked. So, so I, you know, but again, yeah, so I am not, I wasn't dyed in the wool as young as you were, but I do love Star Wars. Um, and, and and people who want to argue Star Trek versus Star Wars versus to me they're they're apples and oranges. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, to, 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 one of them is a space opera, and the other one is actual science fiction to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Which is Star Trek, and that's fine. And and that's what I always say. So if you're hoping this episode will be about me and Joe feuding, we will. But it has nothing to do with Star Trek versus Star. No, Wars. No, we appreciate them both. I love them both. I just Star Wars hit me as a young child. Now. To talk a little bit about the history of the trilogy, the new trilogy, and you all know this, but, but Lucas... But if you don't, here we go. A little history. Star Wars, A New Hope, which wasn't called A New Hope till later, and if you listen to our Paul Hirsch, the editor of Star Wars episode, whom we had on, who won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Sorry, just wanted to throw that out. Who had was on Bonehead, bitches. He talks about, you know, he did Star Wars... He edited it, and when he even made the comment, well, when I edited it, it was just called Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> All that shit was added on later. Well, and, and it wasn't even the big movie, right? Fox it, it Fox was, was going to dump it, it more or less. It was a sizable film, but it was not the one because that they thought they was were, going to they be. Because they were hedging their bets on the epic film Damnation Alley. Which you have all seen many, many times. Yeah, I, I mean, literally. And by the way, somebody made the comment online, and I think it was Scott Weinberg, so if, if I'm misquoting, but I think the you on Twitter. Scott E. Weinberg, yes. He made the comment, he goes, you know what's funny is there's a parallel universe somewhere in some odd dimension where we're nine movies into the Zardoz franchise and people come online and argue about them. And all I can think about is, what would movie two of Zardoz be? <laughs> no, I don't know. It'd be an interesting <laughs> flick, I'll tell you that. There's somebody else who is, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. His name, his, his pen handle is Quint. He used to write for Ain't It Cool News. He wrote, uh, wrote Doctor Strange. He also wrote Sinister. He's a great writer. Oh, see Robert Cargill said yeah. in an alternate time, I can't remember if it was Sorcerer or something else came out, and we had the next 40 years of adult films, creative, yeah. interesting, and Star Wars was is viewed as a cult classic in an alternative life, in an alternative dimension. So anyway, Star Wars was made by 20th Century Fox. What you don't know, or when you may not know if you're not a huge fan, is George Lucas was had made a hit film, how he got Star Wars made, which was American Graffiti, which was a movie that Universal didn't want. It's produced by Coppola. Basically made for a TV budget. They almost wanted to show it just on television and throw it in as a TV movie. Started with Opie Cunningham. Yeah. Coppola right came in, threw a big stick, and they released it. It was a huge hit. People loved it. 
And they had a hit on their hands at Universal. He had set up Star Wars at 20th Century Fox. And they basically said, well, we're only paying. I actually can tell you, I remember the numbers. It's like 250000 to direct, 250000 which is half a million dollars to write. You've got to give him more money. He said, I really don't want any more money. What he wanted was the ancillary rights. Is that, yeah, ancillary. That? So basically the rights to all the, the, toys, the toys, the, the cookies, all the... that shit. He brought, so making a kind of a knee-jerk reaction of something that may have never actually helped could have went... A thousand different ways and made him no money. Yeah. He basically built an empire out of that. <laughs> yeah. But didn't mean that to do you didn't. <laughs> I got now. I'm that was his. Uh, that was his first order <laughs> of business. <laughs> <laughs> first order was to build an empire. Uh, uh, anyway. So that's the reason See, why he sponsored us, Grippo. That, that could be you could be part of this. Technically, Empire Strikes Back is a huge independent film. So is Return of the Jedi. I just noticed you had a Band-Aid on your arm. Bandage? Did you get cut? Uh, so here's the funny story about this. I was wondering if you would notice. I wasn't going to tell the story on there, but I'll tell it on there. So reach we, me the chips. Why we tell all have? Um, we we give credit, and we should give credit to people that run into burning buildings to save other people. Firefighters, first responders, people deserve credit. We also give credit to people that survived that. What we don't give credit for is to the people that start those fires and and end up getting mildly wounded themselves as others burn alive. So did and you so, burn something? So I have a bandage up. No, I did nothing like that. I just wanted to say I commend arson. But I didn't. I did not commend arson. You can investigate me. And, uh, you won't find anything. Except a lot of boring, boring pictures. Um, no, my dog uh, w- uh, went r- running through the woods um, when we were visiting my in-laws, the woods behind their house. And when it came back, it jumped on my arm. Turns out the dog had at some point ran through a patch of poison ivy. And I have a perfect paw print of poison <laughs> ivy on my arm. Uh, which I'm extremely allergic to. So if you ever want to kill me, don't use poison ivy. Just use a gun. I mean, seriously, why would you do this over time? So I'm extremely allergic to poison ivy. Dog ran through poison ivy, and that's that's what happened. So anyway, that's why I have a bandage on my arm. Thank you for noticing. Uh, but anyway, we were the first order was to create an empire. Nah, so Lucas we made Star Wars the rise. So Empire, <laughs> he got two. Uh, Alan Ladd Jr. was the uh, was based was the president of Fox at the time who greenlit it. And it actually kind of took his job later because he had given away the sequel rights. Of course, no one knew. And no, if it had been a bomb, he would have kept his job. But the fact that he made $100 million, hundreds of millions of dollars for 20th Century Fox, it took his job. Because, what do you mean? We don't have the sequel. We don't have any. It all was Lucas's. Yeah. So well, he, and the other side They of did that, release those movies, but he, they... He, they got they, a small they portion of what they could have. They would have had, yeah. Which is kind of funny if you think about it, because I was thinking about this as I was driving over. Indirectly, Fox is still releasing those films. It's just Disney now, but Disney bought Fox, so I'm like, and now they still... own the original movie. Yeah, so it still has has because been... when when Disney acquired, so cut to many many years later, Lucas decides that he's going to sell it. He's in his sixties. He uh, had an, married another woman uh, has had, had another child and wanted to I guess live his life or do other things decides to sell off Lucasfilm sells it to Disney well to do that you had to sell up set up a trilogy you wanted a movie to sell right yeah yeah to make your money back well he set out an outline sold the outline the whole nine yards got Carrie Fisher Mark Hamill on board read all this it's all accessible 
And what Kathleen Kennedy, who had produced many things for him and Spielberg over the years, who's married to Frank Marshall, who's also produced tons of things for Spielberg, set her up to basically be the czar or what have you of Star Wars and lead the way. And guess what? They threw out his outline for the trilogy, and then we got what we've got. Do has it, has a lot been released of what his outline was? A little bit, things here and there. He's made more comments. We could do a whole episode on him referring to Disney as as slave traders, as I recall. Yeah, well, I mean, but but uh, I, the flip side he of that is went back you, and kind of you, you you made a deal with slave traders. So I mean, that's kind of like yeah, he got four billion dollars. He got four billion dollars. Yeah, which I mean, most of it he gave to charity. Yeah, of course, if he kept a. 25% of it's a billion dollars. He's That's a billionaire. That, it's one of those things that if you look history, histor- history, if you look historically, there, there was that phrase, give till it hurts. And you look at Rockefeller and people like that. Like Rockefeller at one point gave a third of his stuff away. And, and, and not to make this a, 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 a historical versus current day argument, but Jeff Bezos gave something like a billion dollars away over the last two years. And everybody's like, oh, he gave the most to charity. As a percentage of his income. Not so much. He gave nothing. I mean, it, it's literally the somebody actually did the math, and it would be like somebody of my income giving thirty dollars. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there you have it. Um, but yeah, so again, I, I, I was just curious about that because I do want to know <coughs> some of it. It was why... going to do with. I'm pretty sure it was going to do with Leia and and Han's kids. Uh, kind of following, and, and right. this is going to upset some of you diehard Star Wars fans, but following the book series that. Tons of people, bestsellers. Well, and they threw all that out. They did, and that's why a lot of people are still upset about that. They made a controversial decision, and if it was in the books, it got thrown out. This is for you diehard fans of the book series. I'll never forget Dash Rendar. I know you won't either. (laughs) As a Star Wars fan, I've never read one damn... Well, no, I read Battleground. I read the first two Battlegrounds. I've never finished the third one. Anyway, so... They were going back and forth of who they were going to get. I don't know if you remember us having this conversation or got. They finally said there's a lot of directors. They, in fact, they went to JJ more than once. JJ Abrams. Which I'm going to make a quip later on about the new trilogy, especially the most recent film. But JJ Abrams had brought back, and I will give him credit for bringing back. And that, again, that's one of the things that we were talking a little bit before mm-hmm. we filmed. Uh, Star Wars fans seem to be engaging, and, and I'm not saying pro or con, but there seems to be a little more gatekeeping going on. Oh, no, they're assholes. And, a lot uh, of Star Wars fans are absolute assholes. And and, and so that the seems to be The only ones are worse on. are, the, are, the, are the brown coats. I'm joking. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by, by the way, real quick, if you follow actors and writers and, and, and directors on Twitter because they're hilarious. Uh, I think it was... Um, uh, oh, why am I blanking on the creator of Final Joss Fly? Whedon? Joss Whedon posted a final day of shooting. Somebody had taken a, the last day they had shot an episode, not knowing, of course, it'd be the last episode they shot. And he tweeted it, and Alan Tudyk, played Wash, and was also in the Star Wars movies, retweeted it and was like, "Are we canceled?" <laughs> and that was two days ago. I laughed, but anyway. So there seems to be this gatekeeping going on, and it's funny because that used to happen in Star Trek. I made the comment. I did this argument online as well. That, you know, when the next generation came out, old school fans were like, that'll never be Captain Kirk and all that stuff. And and I remember hearing people say that stuff. And now that I'm older, I'm like, that's fun. I mean, no, it's not Captain Kirk. I didn't. Well, it's their generations. It's something that I've had to come to grips with as well. So a little bit of the backstory. We may do more Star 
Star Wars later on. I'm very happy with The Mandalorian. We've talked about it on here. It's it's a fantastic show. But when Episode One came out, and you said you got into Star Wars when they re-released them and put the footage, and you oh, saw them on the big screen. I, I was gonna say, and that's that's the other part I should have said earlier was I watched Star Wars on TV, and that was cool mm-hmm. when it was on when, when it was released on VHS, whenever that was. I remember right. the old VHS. Um, but I. It did become more real to me when they did the re-releases and you saw it on the big screen. Yeah. Because Star Wars, and and Star Trek, but to a lesser degree, Star Wars plays different on a big screen. Yes. And and as much as I love other forms of science fiction, Star Trek, I love Batman. As much as I love Rathacon, watching Rathacon and Star Wars on the big screen are two totally different things. Yeah, I mean, it's still, the big screen is cool for Rathacon, and I finally got to see it on the big screen, and I was ecstatic. But... There is something about the way Star Wars is filmed. Yeah. The 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 dog fight scenes and it's still to this day. The, it's held the damn busters, head, by the way. If you're listening, everybody talks about it's oh, what is it, Hidden Fortress or whatever, yeah, yeah. Kira Kurosawa. No. Watch the damn busters. The third act of Star Wars is straight out of the damn busters. Even um, shot for shots. And if you're watching for T V, look for the darn busters. That was terrible. Why did I say that? <laughs> anyway, um but <laughs> He's got Yoda. Rider for jokey needs. <laughs> it, uh, uh, I've got another comment. I'm only sixteen. Uh, anyway, the uh, the uh, the uh, I know what he meant. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? But no, to to know. me that what I want to say about Star Wars is the reason I really did get into it was singing on the big screen, and it always was a cool scene. But if you held a gun to my head right now. And said, pick your definition of a last minute save scene. Out of all the action film movies I've watched with my father. Out of a deus, a, for a deus ex machina, right? When the Falcon swoops in at the yeah. end of there Star Wars. There you go, Wars. kids. Let's go home. Blow this thing. Yeah, yeah. blow this thing. Let's get, there is no cooler just, oh man, that is. Uh, and it doesn't matter. And that's, I've heard people say, well, you kind of know it's coming because they're going to win. I'm like, you can know it's coming. I don't. There's something about that ship showing up. That particular thing's coming? No, no, you know something's coming. I, if you've never seen, it, this is so far from me removed for me to be able to say it. it for example, it's impossible to me to know what it feels like to be in a theater in 1980 in the summer sitting there going and hearing, I am your father. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. impossible because I saw yeah. that. 1980, I've been two years old. Yeah. So, technically, I was born the year after Star Wars came out. Technically. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said technically. It, I was born the year after Star Wars came well, out. Well, it's, it's because of your programming. You're not allowed to say that we hatch a new Joe every night in a machine. I am pretty... M- it's, you, ever, you ever see one of them Hatchimals? Holy it's like crap, that. It's Ari, terrifying. I am, I am the Snoke of Bonehead. <laughs> you almost spit. I do Anyway, moving on. Unlike your mother. Unlike my mom, who uh. swallows things like food. Anyway, like I was saying, where were we at on this? Well, so I was just, we were talking about the impact I lost that my had. spot. We were talking about the impact that had, because to me, this, and that's what I wanted yeah, to say. Yeah, I can't was, experience I think Star it's a great Wars ending. It's a fantastic is, ending. Is, it doesn't matter. Like Again, that's why I can't play the which is better Star Trek or Star Wars. They're different. Babylon Five is different. Babylon Five is law uh, is uh, Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings in space, um, and that's not an insult. It's a great show. Um, Battlestar Galactic, all it's all fine. Do what you want to do. Enjoy it as it is. Uh, but uh, again, as much as I love those other shows, and as much as I love Star Trek, there's no last minute save like the Falcon showing up. And so when you think about 
you know, the the impact that these things have had and heading into rebooting it. Uh, or not well, and in some way, actually, I'm going to stick with rebooting it, rebooting it for a new generation. Yeah, because they knew they had me. Well, that's the thing. So that's my what boat I was, was going to be on that seat. I was in the theater. That's what it was. Going back to episode one, stood up at the end of it. Couldn't have been more excited for it. I bought the screenplay uh, uh, at a Walmart, and I wouldn't read it because it was out before the movie came out. I bought the comic book because the comic book came out before, and it had. I've still got it. Photo cover, Liam Neeson, and. Uh, I almost said Liam Gallagher, who is from Oasis. Yeah, you um, and McGregor. Thank you. That would be him um, on the cover. And I was, I, but I wouldn't read it. Same thing. I was like, oh, I've got the comic. And Ooh, I, spotting I, trains, he is. I uh, I went like the second day it was out because I couldn't get there the day comics came out. But I was like, oh, if I miss this, I'm gonna kick myself because it's a Star Wars comic with a photo cover. Yeah. E. And and so I had it, still have it, but yeah, go ahead with your reaction. Stood up at the end of it and said this is the biggest piece of shit or something close to which was. I have come to terms with it over the years. There's a great episode of Spaced if you're a big fan <laughs> yeah, yeah. of, of how he deals with that episode. Spaced is good. I also love the Simpsons critique of it. Um, yeah. Because oh, I, I love the way the Simpsons critique is where it ends with them in the theater and it's the Yoda type character saying... Thus ends this uh, space political debate, or does it? <laughs> da, 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 da. So it's great. It's it's made for another generation. It's not made it for is. me. And I and I finally come to grips. I was rewatching some of it. My son was watching some of it. He's two, almost two and a half. Right before the new movie came out, this last movie, we were caught. We I was trying to rewatch some things before. I just wanted to be rephrased. So specifically, the that those the, the prequels. Because those are the ones I've watched least because I don't like them. There's still scenes in every one of those that I enjoy. Specifically yeah. Attack of the Clones. It has a great scene when you see Yoda's shadow come up. We still haven't got to the original trilogy. We're 20-something minutes into this. I know, this is going to be long, but I'm actually having fun with this. We, so should, we, should, should, we probably should speed it up a little bit. But when you see Yoda come in right before he does the sword fight with Dooku. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was there opening night. Fucking theater went mad when they saw that little shadow coming up. Oh yeah, there's because they knew what was about to happen. What was about to come well, on. We've never seen anything no. like it. What and and that's the thing that the the prequels do a little bit well. And when we talk about the new ones, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's a little bit of gear grinding with the most recent film when you look at the prequels. Because one of the things Lucas said about the prequels before they came out that made me really excited was we're going to see the Force in action. And and you can go back and find this interview. I think it was with Entertainment Weekly. But he said, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Force. You can move stuff. You can do. You can choke people. You can do. And and Lucas said in an interview, and I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much this is it. We've only ever seen one guy that was very hardly trained, and the two people that trained him were both nearing the end of their lives. Obi Wan Kenobi may have had the Force, but he was old, and he had been kind of uh-huh. disconnected from it. And so he said, you know, you're going to get to see what the Force can really do. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it made me really look forward to the prequel. Anyway, so you uh, saw the run? You, yeah, you got to see them actually do stuff. You actually got to see that. I mean, you got to see all of that stuff. You got to see. I mean, because the only really cool <coughs> thing that we had ever seen was Force Lightning. Force Lightning from the original mm-hmm. trilogy is awesome. And, and I mean by that episode four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Um, Vader blocking Han shot. Mm-hmm. You, you saw that. But really, I mean, there was nothing that was, oh, man. Mm-hmm. And, and we get to see so much more in the prequel. So there's some of those scenes that I appreciate. I do question why they didn't use it all the time. Like, 
Obi-Wan seems to force her on fine until Qui-Gon's in danger. And then he's like, let me just wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. No, no, just fine. Just. Well, all right. Anyway. So, I was really excited. Back to my original point of they finally hired JJ. They went to several different directors. I could give a list of them here. I'm not going to. One of them being David, uh, director of Seven, David Fincher. Don't know if you knew that. There's several people that turned that movie down. I understand why you turn it down because, and there's several people that wanted it. They didn't get it. I understand why you turn it down. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. I agree with I that. Think, I think one of the directors that really wanted it and didn't get it is Tommy Wiseau. I don't know if you. <laughs> I think there's even an audition tape you can find online. I'm not making that up where he auditioned how he would outline the film. I thought you were joking. No, I'm not. I, I uh, what? Google. You know, one of the bigger ones that I the bigger ones. One of the bigger ones that wanted to do it. Oh. Who's the director of Kick-Ass and... Oh, uh, Vaughn? Is it? Yeah, Matthew Vaughn wanted yeah. it. And who let it out was that actor that always works with him is in Dimp Rising. He's a great character actor. I can't think of his name. He's in all of his movies. He's in most of his movies. Anyway, he let it get out in an interview at a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like, well, oh, Matthew would want that? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's the reason why he didn't do the X-Men sequel. Oh, really? Supposedly, he was going after Star Wars. Didn't get it. So... It went back. His, his X Men films, one of the best. Yeah, first, yeah, 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 I first mean, class. It's, 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 it's my favorite. I think, yeah, probably. It's, probably. it's the best one. Anyway, so we went with JJ. I don't know if you remember this. I said, yeah, it's a safe choice. It is a safe choice. Because JJ, it was the, almost the safest choice possible. JJ wanted Star Wars before he did Star Trek. And he even said in interviews for Star Trek, which made some Star Trek fans a little nervous. He was a Star Wars fan more than he was a Star Trek fan. And then he turned Star Trek into Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. So what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and you can tell that. I mean, because... And I argue that's fine. Because Star Trek films have never been Star Trek shows. Agreed. Star Trek shows... And Star Trek is extremely pliable. Yeah. It's extremely mendable and moldable, and they've already done series. I think it helps with Star Trek because Star Trek started out as a series. I think that's yeah. what Star Wars has sometimes going against it, that there should be more series of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, thank God, we have The Mandalorian, and it doesn't suck, and it proves our point even more. Oh, yeah. That, that There are so many stories to tell in that universe. And again, I say this as, as starting as a Star Trek fan, but... You know, any time I watch Star Wars, and to Lucas's credit, and he did it for profit, I know, but he names every character. Mm-hmm. It's not Battle Droid over there, Battle Droid. No, this is going to be Battle Droid 17. This for the is toys. Droid. Yeah, and, and he does it for the toys. But, you know, the fact that I, and I'm not as diehard a fan as some people we know, but I know who Salacious Crumb is. I don't think I'm a diehard fan. So I belong to, that's another thing we could get into. Really quick, I'll give a plug out to the Star Wars uh, Collectors Club. I hosted them at my house. Yes, I'm a member. I pay my dues. I never go to a meeting. Have you paid your dues? Yeah, the check is is in in the the mail. mail. The John John Waters, that would belong to that one too. (laughs) It's all actually, oddly enough, Star Wars Collectors Club is the only damn club I belong to because you know me. I'm a terrible joiner. I've got a question, by the way. Now, we were talking about directors. Can you imagine? I'd love to see John Waters do either appear in or do direct an episode of a Star Wars series. Because uh, Werner Herzog, as an actor in Mandalorian, I enjoyed the living. Would you life. want a libation? <laughs> yeah, doesn't I can't do it. Makes, uh, makes I just, no sense. It's amazing. But I love it. I love it. So now I just want, listen, Star Wars people, if you're listening, those people that, Kathleen Kennedy. 
Uh, Kathy, listen. Uh, hey, Kathy. One, one, hey, Kathy. One John Waters. Make him a droid, do whatever, but he's got to have the mustache. I don't know how you're going to make it work, but we need a John Waters appearance in Star Wars. So, uh, all right, back to what I was saying. I forgot what I was... You got me off track again. You you were talking about... J.J. was a very safe yeah, choice. He was. So, they started casting it. Didn't really know a lot. You knew several people were coming back. Wasn't a lot of stuff. I didn't want to know anything. Went to opening night. Were you there? I was. You were there Sorry. with me. I had been sick the previous year. So, yeah. it had been a kind of a rough year. We were the pre- that previous time. There had my Star Wars hat on. It was really cool because they the had, 501st were there yeah. dressed up at the Regal. Yep. It set the mood. It was a packed audience. And I watched the movie. And let's talk about The Force Awakens. It's written by J.J. And why in the hell can't I think of... Jeezy, crazy, did I forget... That sucks. Lawrence Kasdan. Larry Kasdan. Lawrence yeah. Kasdan wrote Empire Strikes Back and also wrote Return of the Jedi. It was one of the writers of Return of the Jedi. So that's... It was originally going to be written by the guy that wrote Toy Story 3. John... No. Uh, what is his name? Avnet? Whatever. He won an Oscar for Toy Story 3. Or was nominated for an Oscar for Toy Story 3. He wrote Toy Story 3. He's a good, obviously a good writer. They rewrote his script, which I think was more based on a little bit of more Lucas's, right? Yeah. And Lawrence Kasdan and J.J., which I thought, oh, my God, they brought Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan wrote the best Star Wars film, The Empire Strikes Back. Originally, it was originally the first draft was written by Lee Brackett, who's a famous science fiction author of themselves. Yeah, yeah. British. Uh, yes. Uh, real quick, I want to throw out, and, and this is going to be relevant when we talk about some of the other m- movies. For those of you that are upset either by either by any of the new movies, let's step back in time and say when The Empire Strikes Back came out, there were people that panned it as well. And we all love it now. It, but I recommend it, you go back and go to your old sci-fi magazines, your star logs, all that stuff. You will find angry letters from fans of their first movie. You will find critical reviews that are not glowing of what they did. Uh, arguing that it didn't tell a complete story, that it, there were big holes in it. There's still people who... Joss Whedon is one of the people that still complains about that it's that it's not a complete story. I understand that it's in a trilogy, but does not have an ending. Yeah. So, uh, so I wanted to say that because we are probably going to share a few critical comments about some of these. And some of them movies. we agree with. When uh, we get to the last one, Rise of Skywalker. Well, and there's actually a couple, I was saying, there's a couple other ones that I, I'm going to point out. Not that I wholly agree with, but I can see what people are arguing. So that being said, uh, I wanted to say that. So when we do that, understand that it could be 10 years from now we look back and go, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. Because that's what people did with Empire Strikes Back. Or The Thing. The, the thing, thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. And he always says it wasn't the, that the critics panned it in summer of 82. It was that the fans hated okay. it and backlash that it bothered him. Yeah. That got to him. He couldn't understand why the fans, the actual horror movie fans, were the ones ripping at it. And now most horror movie fans, like, I, I think if you find a horror movie fan that will say The Thing is one of the ten worst film horror films of the 80s, you there found are, a they unicorn. don't exist. They you don't exist. They don't exist. No, no, uh, I put, agree. put it. Put. You found a unicorn. Tie a rope around its neck and don't let it get away. <laughs> I thought you were going to hang it. No. Well, tie no, a rope around its neck and then don't. say, "Do you want this to be a little tighter? <laughs> Do you want me to spit on it first? <laughs> Sorry. 
What do you do with Four your ropes? <laughs> Why do I want to do Rory Unicorn auto-erotic fixation? <laughs> I don't know why. Nay. Um, anyway, so. But, so anyway, The Force Awakens, we saw it opening night. I saw it opening night. I saw all three of these movies opening night. I, and, and so, The Force Awakens, uh, getting to the point, J.J. Abrams was a safe choice, and he made a movie that was safe. He made about the safest damn movie you could. Because it pretty much plays, with some exception, as... Star Wars. I it's mean, a new it's, hope. It's, it's, a, it's new a new hope. hope. It's, it's it, a new the structure hope. of a new hope. However, I was rewatching it. Now I saw this movie three times in the theater, James. I don't know if you knew that. I saw by it. The, I did too because I saw it twice by myself. And once I took my. By the oh. time I was done, I saw it three times in the theater, and every time I enjoyed it more, and had the same criticism. How is that possible? And here's the reason why. He is older than me, but he made a movie, a Star Wars movie, feel like a Star Wars movie from the Star Wars that I remembered. Well, and I was going to say, so it is safe. I mean, it's it very, is very safe. safe. He's a very safe. But and I still enjoy it. It still has scenes in it. I'll be honest, when they're running toward the ship and the ship gets blown up and you're like, oh, okay, and it's, and you know what But it's what fantastic. The, you know what the piece of crap ship's going to be. I didn't. I wasn't thinking. And honestly, when I was watching it, it didn't occur to me because I was all caught up in it. That's true. I, I will give you that. The first time I saw first it. First time in yeah, it. But, but then like, as soon as it's, it's and, and, and it's also got, and this is, a, this is a critique and something where I'm like, yeah, of course you're going to do it. Han Solo stepping on board and saying Chewie were home. That line is a give me, but it works. It has the best trailer too. I remember I watched that trailer incessantly, oh, yeah. over and over because it had that the the first coming attracting trailer coming. Oh my god! And it end the trailer ended with that line Chewie were home. Yeah, just it just sends chills up your spine because you were watching Harrison Ford play a character he hadn't played in over thirty years. We were watching characters we hadn't seen in so That's long. That's how I feel, by the way, about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and we see how that. I mean, it hadn't been as long, but it had. Yeah, I get it. But no, I mean, unfortunately, The Forces Awakens is a much better movie than Crystal Skull. I'm holding out hope. I really am. I, I love Indiana Jones. I, let's let's send it Harrison out on the high point with the next one. So, uh, but yeah, I, I loved I loved the casting. I for I didn't understand Adam Driver, but I actually like Adam Driver in that I, Adam role. Adam Driver as it went John on, Boyega I love in that role. As it went on, I've appreciated Adam Oscar Driver Isaacs. More. All these people fantastic casting. Oh yeah, yeah. Well and even the new additions. Uh now, everybody I saw was a new addition. No, no, no. I'm 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 blanking on the name. What's the alien? She's also Are in you it. trying to play with my hand? Uh, no, I'm trying to the the, the and I forget who even does her Mount voice. Mount Moz. Yeah, Ma, I love that character because I mean it is it is obviously I mean I like that character too, but I don't know that we needed to go there. What do you mean? Well, they had to have a cantina a cantina scene because it's a new hope. Well, yeah, no, but but I think that cantina is just different enough. No, I agree, but I, I, and it's the same thing. There's good and there's bad in the cantina. You're being spied on, you're and being, I'm still complaining about it. And then I'm thinking at the end, just past it, and going, oh, yeah, no wonder. Because not only do you have a cantina scene, but the next scene after it is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It, it, when you see those X-Wings coming across the water, we've never seen anything like that. Oh, yeah. When they're about to attack, and you see Poe Dameron, woo! And it's, it's damn, it's oh, yeah. just amazing. Yeah. It's, 
by the way, Poe Dameron shows up later on in a last-minute save-down situation. I mean, so, to blow up the Death Star. I mean, yeah. Star Killer Base. Yeah. Wait, so there's a Death Star, yeah. which is a star that causes death, but then later on you're going to tell me there's a Star Killer? Yeah, it's going to blow up a fucking sun. By well, sucking up the well, energy from well. another sun. So, no, I, I, I think that's... Uh, so, no, I saw it. I enjoyed it. I showed it to my kids. Uh, my son is a diehard Star Wars fan. Um, you know, he talks about it. He loves it. Uh, I took him to see the new one a couple days ago. Um, and How was it better? Up. Well, we'll get to it in a I'll, minute. Yeah, I was, I'll, I'll sum up some of it. Now, <clears throat> that one on a second viewing, I saw more errors. And I'll talk about what There's a doing. lot of errors I'll, the I'll more I think I about it. And I want to give a shout out to Sean Ketterman when we get up here because he and I talked about this afternoon. He pointed out a couple of things too. But anyway, like The Force Awakens bought it the day it came out, rewatched it. I watched it again before I went and watched most of it before we went and saw Rise of Skywalker. Still enjoyed it. I still have the same complaint about it. But it feels so much like a Star Wars movie. It, to me, it was a love letter. It was fan service to the point that it didn't feel too bad to me whereas well, rise of the skywalker did i would say in fan service it was fan service that was still accessible and not pandering there's a few pandering things in it there's a few lines of dialogue that 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 did a little rough i don't know why but uh you know one of the things that i'm struggling with is uh as these other shows come out as they continue to expand the universe and don't get me wrong i'm glad they're expanding the universe but i get the outer rim the you know baby Yoda, uh-huh. uh, the child, whatever uh, that they wouldn't understand the force. Like, what's it doing? And and, and but even uh, I think it's Carl Weathers' character. If I remember yeah. correctly, I've heard of this, or there's mm-hmm. been rumors. How in the galactic core then, not the outer rim or whatever, uh-huh. the galactic core, have people forgot about the force? And Jedi's over yeah. less than a hundred years. Yeah, because I, I, I get like Knights of the Old Republic that timeline of oh, it's 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 literally. Ten to fifty thousand years ago. Okay, literally, that's. I get it. We're we, we're a little shaky on Buddha and Jesus and and Muhammad right, right, right. and all that stuff. So two thousand years, I'll give you. But if literally, it's, oh, forty years ago, there was a big base, and this guy was in the base, and he could do this, and people choked. Yeah, I don't know. So the the, the uh, and the only reason I say that is one of the lines that I, uh, Michael you know, Arndt Michael Arndt was the original writer of Force Awakens. Sorry, took me a minute. The the one of the scenes that got me was uh, the, that line of you know where Han Solo goes. It's all true. It's all all of it, which I loved. I also loved the fact that the Force Awakens made Star Wars ten times more memeable because I love the where people automatically took that scene and add on you know Finn saying back even the part where Greedo shot first. No, that's a lot. <laughs> So, I don't have a lot to say about The Force Awakens. It was a huge movie. It made a billion, almost a billion dollars. It's the second or third biggest... Uh, I think it made two billion worldwide. Worldwide, but I think in the United States it's the second most prob- biggest one. It's right behind Avatar past Titanic, right? Yeah. For dom- domestic uh, gross. Cut to, they're making another movie. They hire the writer, James. I know who the writer is going to be, right? Yeah, yeah. You know who it is? Why can't I think of <laughs> That would be Johnson. Johnson, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. They hire Ryan Johnson, and I think, gee, many Christmas. They couldn't get any better. And the reason, I've, I've turned in a letterman somehow, I was like, geez, they just couldn't get any better. <laughs> Paul, 
You always no, been, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul, Paul you've been on Subway. Get this. You ain't gum. You ain't gum. So, the reason why is because if you don't know Ryan Johnson's filmography or if you just hate The Last Jedi, check out some of his other films, starting with Brick, which is just a fascinating... Uh, it's noir. It's a, it's, it's it's a, a noir set in a high school. Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, he did a movie called The Brothers Bloom, which is absolutely hilarious. He did a movie called Looper that I loved. Yeah. Loved Looper. Looper. And Looper had no reason to work. And it works. And it works. Like yeah. the, the casting of it, I looked at and be like, wait a second, you're telling me Bruce Willis and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are the same people, and I can't believe... And then I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh my God, I, I buy it. They did the manner. He got... He directed the mannerisms. There, that, that, and there's just little things like the kid, the way those thugs in the future, the villains that work for the person yeah. who has all the power. If you look over on his shelf, he has a little bitty action figure of the... Did you know that? Have you ever noticed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, he's a brilliant... To me, he's a brilliant filmmaker. And if you're if you've got a chance to see Knives Out, go out and see Knives Out. It's a wonderful movie. I've, I've, not, I've only met a couple of people that didn't like it. Some odd reason Craig said it was boring, but Craig has no taste. Anyway, moving around along. Well, it's no, it's no uh, League of Extraordinary. There's no League of Extraordinary. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Just Ryan right Johnson. Now. I hired Ryan Johnson. Then Ryan Johnson's going to be the director. Awesome. I'm so excited. It's like, well, they got the safe movie out of the way, and now we're ready to go and do more with this universe. Two years later, got my popcorn, opening night, there again. Ryan Johnson bought my tickets. They, I go to the fan event. It has a little intro by Ryan Johnson. Thank yep. you for coming. You, you remember? Uh, John, and they were talking about John Williams doing the score again. Yeah, and a little, yeah, yeah. yeah. Review of we that. didn't get any of that for Rise of Skywalker. It was like 30 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah, it was It was her and maybe John Boyega thanking, thanking you for coming out tonight for the opening night. That was it. But it was almost thirty minutes of stuff, as I recall. Oh yeah, no, I mean it was. Yeah, it almost made it four hours. Yeah, because with all the, the you got to have a half hour preview. Matter of fact, remind me when we get to the most recent one. I'll tell you what the ticket the guy that tore the tickets for me when I took my son to it. What yeah. he said, I thought it was pretty spot on. So we got there, loved it. Opening, you see the ships once again. Now and and they're showing up. And then we get more Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron, whom I love, whom I think is great in that role. I think that's just a great character. And well, and I, I and and that's Han Solo too. Uh, what else? Han Solo too. Well, no, and I was electric boogaloo. And that some people got really upset at the very opening scene, going, "He wouldn't play like that. You wouldn't get away." And I'm like, I "Think you would too? It's hilarious." Well, and and who? One of my favorite Han Solo scenes of all time, and I actually do it all the time. And most people. I do it at work, and people who aren't Star Wars fans or are just casual moviegoers, you know, that don't obsess about these things, don't catch it. But I do the line all the time, going, "We're all fine. We're good. We're fine here. How, uh, hey. how are you?" Yep. Well, okay. And it's a, to me, that's the same type of action. He, he's he's tooling. He actually says that one of the characters goes, "We believe he's tooling with you, sir." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gerald Hawks. A char- Just it's great humor. It's got action. Here's where people get pissy, and I don't understand the the World War II bomber scene. Well, no, and that's it. And this is where it starts to go downhill for about forty percent of the Star Wars fans, and I can't understand it. That wouldn't happen in space. And here's always my argument: none of that shit would happen in space. I went and saw Neil deGrasse Tyson last spring, and Star Wars was one of his things that he picked up and goes, 
he actually looked at the screen and he goes, I don't hate Star Wars. Then this would happen in space. Oh, well, no, and Harlan Ellison actually. Uh, wasn't There's just, not explosions in space. Wasn't talking about just Star Wars. He was talking about all of it. He's, and, and it was one of the kicking points. People called him out on it. And he actually kind of had to address it. Because he made a comment once, uh, I think it was in the 80s, that he would never again work on any science fiction show that showed noise in space. And it was a big sticking point for him. Like He said, "I literally, I will say, do you want to show noise in space? Because there's no noise, and I don't want to work on your project. And, so, and if you've seen Babylon 5, there are some scenes where there's noise in space. And he actually said, I called up NASA and said, is there any chance of this? And they actually said, well, you still have plasma. You still, you, the vibrations would happen. You just want to, you know, you couldn't hear it. Right. But when those vibrations, if it hit a metal spaceship, you would get a little hum. And he said, so there, it's somewhat justified. And I was like, okay, you backed yourself into a corner. And I love Hart and Allison. Don't think I'm, but Yes, anyway. that, and who gives two shits? I would tell you, listen, turkey. <laughs> yeah, well. Go back to your basement. Where I am now. Shut the fuck up and tell your mom to make a ham sandwich. Well, and that's it. And by the way, J.J. Abrams actually played with that in this first Star Trek film. It's actually one of my favorite scenes in the Star Trek film when this uh, is mm-hmm. start, when the screen gets blasted out and people are getting sucked out in the space. You, all the rumble of the ship, all of that stuff, and then all of a sudden silence, and you see people jerked out. Uh-huh. That's a cool scene. It is a cool to scene. JJ for that on Star Trek. Don't you see R two D two in that one? You do see R two D two in the space debris when the Enterprise shows up. Yep, R two D two, and there's another. Actually, there's a hidden Darth Vader. Somebody told me, and I need to go back and verify that. Anyway, that being said, so uh, I, I'm fine with the, like the bomber thing. Does rational James know? Okay, well, if you unless you force it out, it's not going to drop. Okay, cool. I understand that. I, I understand that, what you're saying, but I think I I cannot handle the criticism because none of that shit happens in well, any Star Wars think, film. And if you check out over that, how did you not check out four episodes ago? Well, and actually that's my biggest thing. If you're if you're mad about that, I want you to and I'm being honest and I'm not trying to uh, help me understand because I want you to, if if you can say that that's the worst Star Wars film, I want you to walk me through the prequels. Because I was saying about this, one of the things that gets me the most about the prequels is that they are too cartoony. And what I'm talking Agreed. about is, Agreed. C-3PO's head gets blasted off, lands on a combat droid, and he's still talking. And if we are to believe the gestalt of Star Wars, when he gets blasted apart... And and later on, Chewbacca's got pieces of him on his back. He can't function, but his head still functions when it's separate. So if if your checkout point for the first time in the gestalt of Star Wars, I agree with you. Was was that movie, the the Last Jedi? Then I need you need to help. My me. my a good friend of ours, C. Miller. I won't say his whole name yeah. on here because he's never going to listen to this shit anyway. But I won't. He's I he just. Runs his nose up like he was disgusted with the smell of it. I, I don't understand. He loves Star Wars, but that bothers you? The whole World War Two opening bothers you with the bombs coming in? I don't get it. Well, and, and I, mean, I would and almost now, rather they criticize the melodrama of the lady giving up her life, which you also can't really do because Star Wars is nothing but melodrama. Well, and I was going to say, and I kind of like that, and I think that's one of the things, as, as we continue to talk about this, but the introduction of the loss of a sibling. Yeah. Star Wars never did that before. I mean, you don't know. Uh, you have... 
the loss of a parent, sure. You have Aunt Baru and Uncle Lars and all that stuff. But I was like, you know, that's we never saw that in Star Wars before. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I will give. I think, like you said, you got your safe movie out of the way. Let's play with this. Let's open up this world. And I was like, of course there's going to be siblings that have been lost. This war has been going on in variations for how long? And so the fact we finally get to see a character that's dealing with the fact, and, and matter of fact, I know I'm jumping ahead, but when Rose confronts Finn for wanting to quote-unquote run away... It's like, oh man, that because my entire point is, why aren't more people third party, so to speak? Why don't you have people that are like, no, 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 I'm not Empire or, or, or Rebellion, I'm James, and just let me do me. So, the next part of The Last Jedi that pisses people off was the big build up because they had two years of waiting of him obviously not looking, of Luke not looking happy that Ray has found him and looking at the lightsaber. And this is how Ryan Johnson in his... Which, which was reshot. The very ending of it was reshot a little bit because in the original script, Abrams had an ending, and I've, I've read Mark Hamill actually is, I believe, the one that pointed this out. You go back and read his old Twitter post. But originally, when he, she, he was going to be found, it was in the script that there were rocks floating around him and there was cra- power crackling between the rocks and all that stuff. Oh, really? You go back and I'm pretty and sure... And they reshot Mark- it for what reason? Because uh, they, they were like, wait a second, that doesn't... I mean, that obviously would be the tell that he's still a major Jedi. And they wanted to leave that somewhat ambiguous. And the only thing Ryan Johnson asked J.J. for was that R2 would be would make the trip. Yeah. And that was so that he could play out the Leia message and stuff later. Yeah. Yep. But you have that build-up, and here's what Ryan Johnson does two years later. He looks at the lightsaber. Luke looks at this lightsaber, throws it over his shoulder, and walks away. To me, that's brilliant, and I'll tell you why. As a man who who has watched so many movies, so many TV shows, I've read a lot of books. Not as many books as you, but I've read a lot of books. It's the antithesis of what we thought we were going to get, and I love that because it was different. I didn't see that coming. But it's also, and this is my You think defense. he's going to start soliloquizing about what's this wrong. This is only brought me, yeah, yeah, this only brought me this. just throws it over his shoulder and walks away from her. Thought it was brilliant. Well, and I think the, the entire part about that, though, that also to me, and the people are like, well, that's not Luke. And I'm like, what? No, it's totally what Luke would do, because who has been his role models? Obi-Wan? Where was Obi-Wan? Where was Obi-Wan when the Empire was rising? He was camped out on Tatooine. Watching over Luke. Luke. That was it. Oh, oh, uh, and his other role model, Yoda? Where was Yoda? Did Yoda, Yoda, we, we know Yoda, Yoda could fight. exiled himself. Exactly. So I, I think the people that are like, well, that's not what Luke would do. I'm like, okay, I, I know we've got some gaps in Luke's life here, but... It is not. It wasn't immediately beyond my thought process that Luke would exile himself because his two biggest Force role models were the two guys that went, okay, wait, things are going bad? Well, we're not going to address that right now. We're going to find the new hope. I'm going to go find the new hope. You, the guy who helped train me, you go to a swamp where you'll be masked by the darkness... So that's his like, well, that's not my Luke Skywalker. And Mark Hamill said it. Well, that's not my Luke Skywalker. Well, who is your Luke Skywalker, sir? Yeah, well, I, I, and Boyega's bitched about the last, 
you know, oh, they were split up in a story. Well, yeah, because he made his character even more funny. All these characters, and I know some people are like, well, it got political. And I'm like, did it get any more political than A New Hope was? You, I, There were people I that argued. That I don't think it's all that political. There either. are people that argued A New Hope was was remnant commentary. It's actually a quote from a review I read that came out when it came It's remnant commentary about America's involvement in Vietnam. Really? Rebels versus a giant empire. It could be. And I, 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 what I'm saying is, I don't think George Lucas was sitting there going, oh, um, you know, I want to make a film about, you know, where we show the Vietnamese as rebellion and then we, you know, America as the empire with all the technology because we had helicopters and all that. That's a reviewer bringing their view to it. And I argue that's the same thing with The Last Jedi. Is there commentary about we have this entire planet of wealth and gambling and indulgence and the rest of the galaxy is suffering? I think that's a fascinating thing. It's not a political argument to me. It's all right. It's all right. I, I disagree with you a little. It is political. However, I don't think it's in that overt political as people say it is. To me, the Last Jedi is about a guy. It's about two things to me. It's not even about Ray. It is in the sense of her character is finding these things out, but what we're finding out is is that the Force is not just a Skywalker thing. That the yep. Force isn't just... Because that's what we've seen. And then I got in this argument with our friend Clay Sturgeon, who goes, well, you've seen it and, you know, in many different characters. They're all like, yeah, I get it. But in that, that original trilogy, you have to be a Skywalker to be a Master Jedi. And, or, and a me, I mean, or a Palpatine. Or a To use the Force, you're yeah. a Palpatine or a Skywalker. Yeah. And to me, it was a democratization of something that any of us could have. Yeah. And that's what I love about the ending of The Last Jedi. I was talking, and Ketterman and I both agreed with this. He was talking about it today of anyone can have it. That's the reason why I love that little boy sweeping, watching those ships, and then reaching over and pulling the broom away with his force without yeah. even knowing it. And that little slave boy has the opportunity. And to me, it's... I don't know. I think it no, just no, spoke to something that I, I truly, I maybe, and I politically just agree with Ryan Johnson. But you don't well, have to be from a certain family. You don't have to be. So are you saying Ryan Johnson? I don't know his history. I don't know. I don't know Ryan his Johnson. history either. But other are you than saying I'm a he fan. may be different than J.J. Abrams, who's the son of two Hollywood people and who helped his son get a job working in comic books? Could. I don't know how Ryan Johnson got into the business. <laughs> I make somebody made that comment online. I'm still in that quote. That's from somebody else. But but no, I, I agree with you. Ryan JJ has thrown some shade. He made a comment about how he didn't think Star Wars fans want to be preached to, or that they want to find out that maybe it means nothing. I disagree with him. I, I think thirty or forty percent of them don't want to. But I, on the other hand, like the fact that Ray is nobody. Well, and saying, she just and, happens and, to have and, this ability. And we'll we'll stop before we get to The Last Skywalker if you haven't seen it and want to stop. So we'll give you a warning before we get to spoilery things for that. But I actually agree with you. And I think one of the reasons I agree with it is, to me, it's not a political argument. It's not anything like that. To me, Star Wars, the Force, or whatever, is very, very human. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the things that the reason I love Star Wars is Star Wars has always looked lived in. Star Trek has pristine ships and groovy technology and everything's shiny and yeah. new. 
And Star Wars, the first time I saw the inside of the Millennium Falcon, it looked lived in. It looked like my house. There's stuff everywhere. It doesn't look that bad. There's thanks, Jim. Um, <laughs> listen, enough. Listen, there's if you less Wookies <laughs> in the Millennium Falcon. But uh, there's, um, but anyway, I, but more nerve herders. And I think, <laughs> I think um, you milf mooker, mooker, milker, mooker, milf mooker. I think. Milf Mooker? I built some milfs in my time. Oh my god, um, I've got anyway. milf on the brain. Uh, anyway, no, I, I think... How the, are you doing? <laughs> I think you need to look up what that means. Uh, mm. Milk. Uh, anyway, no. Um, Chalky milk. The, uh, when you want your chocolate milk mm. and your chicken nuggies. Mm, chicken nuggies. Uh, um, but no, the... Uh, I think it m- meant something to me that anybody could be because I think that made Star Wars even more real because Star Wars always felt lived in. In that I could see, like, oh, everything has been used. Not everything looks pristine and new. But it never felt like I could live there. And I think you're right. I think Ryan Johnson did give that to us. because, And it made me actually feel a little bit more like, oh, this is more realistic than the fairy tale that we've gotten so far. And I'm not using fairy tale derogatorily. Fairy tales are epic morality plays, and that's what Star Wars can play as. Um, but... You know, and again, I'm bringing my own life into this. Uh, but, you know... I, I I work at a college and I'm a professor what? and my mother due to several situations and, and fa- I'm not going to get into the family history but my mother didn't graduate high school. The, I'm as close but as you can get. But she's got a PhD in sexy. Well, I thank you. I, I've been told I look like her. Anyway. Your um, boobs are less attractive. <laughs> anyway, but and so I see that. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've been parting the hair on the left now. <laughs> anyway, um, Yum. But I, so I think that's really I, I agree with you. That scene at the end and Love that belief, it. and I think the movie also gave us something else. That little hint of, and and Star Trek did the same thing. And I'm on. I, I don't mean to compare them because they're not really. But Star Trek, you have Section Thirty One, mm-hmm. and Section Thirty One is listen. It's got to be this way because that's the only way everybody else gets to feel safe. But they are the part of the Federation that will do the dirty, nasty, behind the scenes, will poison a world to give somebody else a chance. They're the part of the Federation that you don't want to know exists, but they exist so the rest of the Federation can function. We got a little bit of that because DJ, Benicio Del Toro, I love that character. His entire line, and DJ, you know, allegedly was picked as his name because it stands for Don't Join. He's not the Empire, he's not the Rebellion, and he's willing to point out that I I have sold, I will sell to both sides. Both sides. And all the people that are at that planet. And and so I think that's true. I think that, which is very much true, and that's historical. It's not political to me. Uh, if you don't know this, look up this little fellow called Henry T. Ford and how he was selling to a certain army prior to World War II that later on assisted in wiping out some American GIs. And, yeah. and later on, still held as a hero because he did eventually turn around and help build planes for our effort. But Henry T. Ford, for a while... Wouldn't belong on that planet, and that's not a political argument; it's historical. That's that's so it's yeah, very I think real. It's a historical fact. No, I, I, it, it's very cool. It's very real, and so you get that feeling. And and I know some people are going to come back 
if you watch the show. Now, I would honestly, and I'm not saying this. No, I think you should. F- please, if you have a counter argument, by all means, post please it let and me tell know. But yeah, I, I think I, I think it's really relevant, and it's really something that I loved Star Wars before. And is the Last Jedi flawless? No, 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 no. No, no and and Kent, when you're done, I want to get into some of the flaws. But I think it may be taken as a whole the first Star Wars film that I felt I could exist in. Agreed. I felt that there were some. Pe- I agree with. The, I like the the that some people are just. I shouldn't say real. I understand why people get aggravated with a Rose character because she's probably a little too good. However, the only huge critique I make of that movie is did we need to go to that planet and release those people? I think there is a little bit probably heavy-handed commentary there. That's where I'm, I'm you know, my I, counter-argument to what you're saying. I, I, I think I, he's I, pushing, I that, so. he's pushing so. that a little hard there. I actually I don't know that it. we needed to go there to do it. I always kind of glaze over. It seems over convoluted. The, yeah, I always glaze over that a little bit. I think you're right. I, I, I will agree with that because I always just remember the commentary of of DJ and stuff like that. No, but I love the introduction of DJ's character. I do too, and I enjoy scenes in that. But did we need to go there to convoluted to find the guy that isn't the guy that to, for Antonio Banderas to come back? No, I think there was a better way to do that. I think it was a more efficient way to do that. Probably a more interesting way to do that. Specifically, with a little bit of we could have probably done more of Roses or John Boyega's backstory, or having them or someone else do it, right? Yeah, I don't know that we necessarily needed all that. So that's my big I complaint. Think that, the, the, the one thing I will say in in defense of the Rose character, um, and, and Kelly Tran, I believe the actor. Yeah, I don't find her annoying. I think she does. A I think great a lot job. of like, stuff that comes I, out is is sheer sexism. I think the reason I'm okay with her being as good as she is is because she's also doing it for her sister. And and I think I've seen this happen with people that have lost somebody close to them. And I've had actually somebody say this, and I won't say who told this to me, but it was a quote that somebody told me that had lost a sibling. And it made me actually... And this happened long before I saw the movie, but when I saw that scene in the movie... It made me actually, it triggered this quote in my head. And the quote was, when you lose a sibling, you feel, they say you, they said, I felt an innate push that I had to be as good as I would be and even better to make up for them. Hmm. And and so, again, that's not in the script, that's not, but because somebody told me that, it made me think about, you know, it would be interesting and if you want to do a Disney Plus series, I know some people are pushing one for one for Rose. Um, do that one. Tell the story of maybe Rose wasn't perfect, but the loss of her sister made her realize. God, I don't know if I need a whole be... series with Rose. Um, okay, wait, now let me do it this. How about we call it Roses? No, hear me out. Uh, and it follows Kelly Tran, and she's helped by an elderly woman, played by Betty White. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I thought you were going to go with the department store, and I was good with that one, too. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, let's go this way. That's a little bit better. Uh, but anyway, no, no. So, so anyway, um, and again, that's just me because of an, one experience and one very, very heartfelt conversation I had with somebody that made me think about maybe that's why she is being as good as she is. That she has to honor that memory even if, because it's really going to be really hard. I mean, my brother didn't, but hypothetically, if my brother saved an entire fleet of, 
I don't know, let's say ships. A, yeah, or a fleet of puppies. And then I come back and I'm like, I'm not even going to try to save one. No, of course I would have to be like, well, if he died saving puppies, I probably shouldn't beat one with a stick. So, so here's my two other, here's my other big criticism. And that, if you buy the Blu-ray, that making of is one of the best making ofs um, ever. Or I, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's very detailed. Ryan Johnson had them fly that one monster <laughs> all the way into those islands off of Ireland for where the Jedi Temple was. And that whole scene where we watch Luke milk it and drink the blue milk is pointless. I'll give you that, yeah. yeah. It's pointless. It was a waste of money. I have no idea why Kathleen Kennedy did not make him stop that. It adds nothing to the movie. I don't know who enjoys that. Do you? You know, you know there's at least one person out there going, no, 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 if you cut that. I, I mean, I get it to a point. It's supposed to be a throwback. It is a throwback, and there's always and blah, blah, blah. some fan service, but it, geez, it makes no sense. It's pointless. There's a couple of scenes that happen that are pointless. Now, here's what I love is things that people get pissy about. I love the fact that that we see Laura Dern's character sacrifice herself by going to light speed. If you can watch that, there's a couple of YouTube videos. You can watch it on 4K in slow motion. That scene, it's mesmerizing. It's fantastic. Well, Taking down the ship. And again, it gave us something we hadn't seen before because, and that's one thing, again, not to compare them, but we've seen ships ram in Star Trek. It took a long time because mm-hmm. that was always my thing. Why do I mean if I know I'm going to die anyway? The closest we got for a while was Khan blowing up his ship when he knew the Enterprise couldn't get away, but it did anyway. Uh, but spoiler. But I mean, why wouldn't you? If we're going to die anyway. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, just ram. Screw you. Yeah. Well, uh, I, and and so I always wondered that of you know boys, if you can't win, let's just. And we may want to do an episode later and talk about Rogue One and Solo, but Rogue One has a great scene in it, with, and it's actually called the Corvette something maneuver where the, yeah. the ship comes out and shoves the Star Destroyer into the thing. It's a fantastic scene. Don't want to get into Rogue One. I could do a whole episode on Rogue One, which is probably the best movie that we've got. Out I was going to say, and that's actually how I was going to end the episode, if you held a gun to my head. It's Rogue One. It's Rogue One. And that's... By the way, it fits perfectly. I have watched these films, and I don't want anybody to think, "Oh, it's fair weather." Fit. No, I have saw all these in theaters multiple times, every one of them. But I didn't see Solo multiple times. If he, I did, because I went and saw it myself, and then, you took your kids. and then I took my kids. Um, that being said, and actually, my wife went. My wife enjoyed Solo quite a bit. I think because I it, need to rewatch. Would you believe I haven't rewatched it since I saw it? In the I I have. Own it, um, and I still have. And it. I, but so what I will say, and actually, somebody posted the other day, uh, and, and I, I forget they posted. They more or less said they needed to eat crow, because having watched, they rewatched all the movies, and they said they put off Solo till last, and then they watch it, and I forget the actors who played Solo. Solo, yeah, um, I don't remember his name either. It's not Anton Yelchin. I'll tell you. No, that. he's um, I, to me he's forgettable. But keep going. But they said the way th- the mannerisms they used to play him. Or actually, pretty spot. Like you can say that he's forgettable as because I don't remember his name. Um, but that they say if you look at the way he does his hands when he's just sitting there, and you go back and watch Harrison Ford, like he, the, the actor did his research. Hmm. Anyway, um, that being said, um, Rogue One is I rewatched it again with my son, 
And I was I like, rewatched it before the new Star Wars. I can't I that can't last get out minutes, of my head. I, I can't, can't even It's an imperfect even, film and there's scenes that I'm not crazy about, but that last twenty minutes of that movie. But I think it's also and again I've I said it about the uh, of the Last Jedi, but even more so, Rogue One I could live in. I don't want to, because God is bleak, and you know what's coming. You know why Rogue One's better? Something else Ketterman and I talked about. Not why Rogue One's better. There are real stakes. Yeah. There are no... Are we ready to move on to the last... Do you want to say anything else about the last show? Because this is what I want to say, and I don't want to talk about Rogue One, but, but the difference between Rogue One and Rise of Skywalker. Uh, what I want to say, I, I think... Kind of ending up, so we we got the Force Awakens, which is safe, but fun, mm-hmm. and I, I did. Uh, I still I, enjoy it. Oh, not... when, when the Falcon showed up, people applauded and justifiably. It was cool. And when Han showed up, yeah. we in the, the-, the and, theater played just like it was supposed to, and all of that stuff. So that was cool, and I'm I'm glad, and it was great. So I'm not. People are like, well, people are just dogpiling on J.J. Abrams. I'm like, no. He gave us Ray. He gave us these characters. I'm not against it. I liked Ray. Um, people don't like, uh, you know, um, The Last Jedi. I I do like it. Can I see why some people? I'm like, yeah. If you want a historically accurate space film, I don't know why you're watching Star Wars, but I get it. You'd be upset. But I also don't see why people get mad about it. Now that being said. It's funny to me, before we before we get into the spoiler part, the last thing I will say is, so you've got, you had a little bit of people turn on The Last Jedi. Um, I think Rise of the Skywalker is the first film that's gotten a rotten score. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't know that. It's, 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 it's green. It's an exploded green tomato. Uh, and it's funny to me because as much as people hated, or some people, I mean, 40% I think is the number you threw out, but whatever I don't know. I, don't know. I think it it's 40. Whatever it is. It may be 50. I, there's a lot of Star Wars, Star, I have, there's, there's several Star Wars fans on the floor whom I work with, and two of them passionately dislike that movie. And our friend Clay is not a fan. Clay but, loves all of them. And Clay says it's the only one... His real criticism, I think he doesn't like the social commentary too. I think it's just an antithesis of his own politics. But he, and the fact that he picks up on more of it, I, I actually said that speaks, I think, more about you than it does the movie. He goes, yeah, that's probably true. But he would say, you know, out of all of them that he can turn on the background, that's the only one he won't turn on in the background and listen to. He just doesn't get into it. It, it has something about it that makes me love it that turns other people off. So yeah, I, I, which is what art is supposed to do. Well, I think that's and good it. storytelling and and, and uh, people that want to say you know that it lost the gestalt of Star Wars or something. I don't. I don't think it did. No, I agree. I, I think there's so much there. Um, what are you doing? I, I was actually bringing up Rotten Tomatoes for each of these. I figure we so we can kind of use this. Oh, here we go. I can view the entire Star Wars saga. Let me. Bring that up. Um, so the last Jedi, if we go by uh, audience score mm-hmm. right now, is a forty three percent. It's loading the rest of them. Sorry, but okay. So Star Wars Saga. If we go by this, um, Empire Strikes Back has the highest 
of course, audience score now. But again, you want to talk about it. something while you're doing that? Uh, no, I've got it up now. So the Rise of Skywalker is at fifty four percent. Okay, Solo is at seventy percent. So Solo is more like the Last Jedi is at forty some. So the Last Jedi is the most hated. According to Rotten Tomatoes. But audience score, yes. I'm sorry. No, no. I, t- I said that wrong. The Rise of Skywalker is at 54%. Solo is 70%. The Last Jedi has actually experienced a boost in love following. Mm-hmm. The re- it's actually up to 91% now. Yeah. Um, and uh, But The Force Awakens is still the highest rated, 93 by the way, if you actually do it by, if you include television sh- series by audience rankings, you know the highest rating of the Star Wars? No. Rebels. Well, Rebels is a good show. Rebels is a good show. And it blends, again, it does, it meets everybody's needs. You get, Princess Leia appears in an episode, you get Lando in a couple episodes. Mm, the Rebels is a good episode, is a good show. And it pops up, it's referenced actually. And there's some stakes in Rebels for a cartoon. Oh yeah. Some well, people don't and, quite make it out. I was say, and, and that's what I want to say. Some people just, don't see so well afterwards. Uh, well, and they don't see until they're gone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when I, when gone came out of me. Gone. But but, but I, I think that's it. I think it's one of the things that I appreciate about Star Wars, and we're getting. Um, let's, this, let's get to it. Come on. Well, my entire point is we're so, an hour into this. So bitch. the last Jedi has has experienced more love since the Rise of Skywalker came out. And it's moving up in the rankings now because so many people are mad about the Rise of Skywalker, which is funny to me because, like you said, we know people that love all Star Wars and and hate hate oh, hate the Last Jedi. Last Jedi. I can tell you three. How is Rise of the three, Skywalker one dear well one dear friend and two close friends? Yeah. How is Rise of the Skywalker being that much more hated? And and how do you know how they felt about Rise of Skywalker? They're so-so. One of them is. The other one liked it. I, I think Clay liked it. Uh, I don't know how he feels after the second. I haven't got a chance to talk to him. We're going to have lunch. But I think Crush feels, eh, he won't say one way or the other. And I, I don't think Chris Miller's seen it. So, <clears throat> I just think it's funny, though, that the, Rise of the, the Last Jedi has risen because Rise of the Skywalker has fallen. Rise of the Skywalker. So, let's... Right now, spoiler alert. So if, you've done, if you haven't if you seen, seen it, Rise stop. Of Skywalker, we're going to start revealing things. I can't believe Ray is George R.'s daughter. I can't either. Misa Ray Ray So Beeps. you have been warned. This is where the spoilers start. If you hadn't seen the other ones up until this point, Jesus, you weren't going to see them. Anyway, yeah. you've been a little but late. But God bless you for sticking around this episode. Yeah, I have no idea. If you're, you're obviously not as... <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. So, Rise of Skywalker. Big fans of Bonehead. If you when will. they, the original director was going to be the director of Jurassic World, Colin Forever, I can't say his last name. He made a little movie, didn't work out well. There were creative differences. He left the project. He still, actually, I don't know if you know, retains a story credit on Rise of Skywalker. Kathleen Kennedy came out a couple of weeks ago and not necessarily defended him, but said, hey, yeah, there was creative differences, and he did not have the luxury of being with us from the get-go, from the jump of how this was going to play out. I think that this trilogy is disjointed quite a bit. I've got a question about that, though, because it's one of the things I keep reading on Twitter, and and 
tell me if I'm wrong because I, but I've read some of the history yeah. of Star Wars. I'll tell you if I know. Why does everybody pretend the first three were planned out completely? I don't know. I don't know because I was like, I can remember reading interviews with George Lucas was like, and that's when I decided to make them siblings. And it was well after the first movie came out. Yeah, I don't know. So why is that even an argument? Because I keep seeing that on Twitter going, well, it's obvious they didn't plan this trilogy. I'm like, they didn't plan the other one. You have an overarching feel sometimes, in my opinion. Or of like we need to get here. Yeah. How we get here can be many different ways. That was the reason when people asked him, well, how are you going to handle how Ryan Johnson changed all this? And he goes, well, and then if you watch The Last Jedi, it didn't bother him a bit. No. <laughs> it didn't affect it one damn bit. No. He did whatever he wanted to do anyway. Well, The editor has now came out, I don't know if you saw in the last two days, and she has said, yes, the movie is total fan service. And that they didn't have, they had six months less preparation than they did. You know, what would have been nice if they would have, I've got some issues with editing, I'll talk about it in a minute. Um, she, but she's she's the one who's edited his other movies, his Mission Impossible, yeah. the Star Trek, she said yes. The one critique she will accept, yes, it is a lot of fan service. The other one was, is that she actually edited while they were filming. She would be basically in a room or a tent right next to filming and edit. And they had three to six less months than they did on the original on Force Awakens. So they were on a time crunch trying to meet a release date from the jump. Right? Can I say something real quick about sure. that? By the way, I know people want things to come out a certain time. They want it to come out Christmas because the other ones have. Okay, I think I, that's what kills Solo. Everybody says it's the Last Jedi kills Solo. I don't no. believe that. I think it's because it came out five months after the Last Jedi. Yeah, I, it's a and Christmas, it was Solo. It is a Christmas event to me. Like it I is now. Going it used to Solo. come out in May, but no, now. Oh, yeah, it's a I, I love though. I mean, I get in from work, working away. I come home. I see Star Wars. Yeah, and I, I enjoy that. I, but anyway, all of that being said. Um, it's the same thing with cats. I know cats and Star Wars are very different, but cats. I don't know if you saw the news. They have to. They had to re-release the film because there are scenes in the film where they forgot to do the full digitization on Judy Dench's hand, and you see her wedding ring and a human hand on her cat form. And they they got interviewed about it because they re-released it, and and they even said they're like, okay, if you go to the theater and it's still showing the. Other one, please let us know. They've got the old digital form. We need to ship them or broadcast a new one to them, whatever. That being said... All two people that are going to see this. Why are you talking about fucking cats? Because it's the same argument that I have with Star Wars. Why are you rushing it? Why? Why? They're trying to make a release day. But they originally were going to release the other one that May, and they, they put it off to December The Force Awakens, so it gave them a little bit of breathing room. But they're always trying to make a release date I, because they have those dates, those theaters booked, and that's when they're going to go. I, I don't know. There are three I years it, separating them in the original trilogy. There's only two years apart separating these. It's not a lot of time for these movies that are huge. These are world-building movies. So, Rise of Skywalker. Here's how I feel about it in a nutshell. Like I said, you can turn it off if you want to. We're about to talk about spoilers. Here's how I feel about it. It is, yes, it's a total hand job. Every critique you've ever read about it is true. It's fan service. It's a total hand job. However, I kind of enjoyed it. There's parts of it I really enjoyed. But my big issue with it, and I agree with Ketterman, there are no real stakes. So there's a scene where they, you think they may have killed Chewie. 
Yeah. Or they may have killed Chewbacca. They should have killed Chewbacca. Yeah. They killed Han. Yeah. In The Force Awakens. Now, if you didn't want to kill Chewbacca, because Chewbacca is one of those characters that's real easy to have different people play. Yeah. Is real visible. You, I mean, that's that's oh, that's Chewbacca, right? Yeah. Well, it's not like you got to get Harrison Ford to play Han Solo every time. Well, and they that's even make an allusion to it early in the film. It's always easy to spot a Wookiee. That's Chewbacca. I understand that's important for Star Wars. You only kill Chewbacca, kill Poe Dameron. Yeah, who was supposed to die anyway? And in the first Force Awakens, they liked him so much that they they put it. And I'm glad he made it through the trilogy. I like Poe Dameron. There are no stakes in that effing movie. No one dies. There, you at no point do you feel like it's over for anyone. Here's by the way, it was a little sad. We I, people got a little choked up, but I think they killed off Carrie fucking Fisher. I'm sorry. They killed off Princess Leia. <laughs> Carrie Fisher died of. of of her own, <laughs> real quick, her own real quick, Disney, real quick. We don't think you actually killed Carrie Fisher. No, and that's very sad. And I, she went way too early. And I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for her family and her friends. And I'm a huge Carrie Fisher fan. Carrie Fisher, who probably should be remembered for her writing more than Star Wars, but life is fair. Real quick, I want to say this because this is going around. Uh, some of the saying, and this is only vaguely. But you mentioned her writing. There's a, there's a biography of Carrie Fisher that just came out, and I'm blanking on the name of the author, but she uses a snippet of a quote and, and actually name-checks Harlan Ellison, one of my favorite authors, and makes it sound like he was being critical and saying she used a ghostwriter. And by the way, if you read that biography, I know a lot of people are Carrie Fisher fans, the biography is pretty decent. Be careful with that part of that book, because if you read the full Harlan Ellison critique, the, he does say the line... This feels like it's not written by an actress. His actual critique was that Carrie Fisher wasn't an actress. She was a writer who happened to act. I agree with that. And I was about to say, and she ghostwrited four people. Well, that's, that was his entire argument. But this this particular biography, and I, I'm Is, forgetting did, the were name they, of it. He's saying, were they alluding that he said that she was a... She, she had, had people, a ghostwriter. But what she they didn't, were, did No, she? no. And that's what he was... But if you read his full... Full. If you read the full review, it makes it obvious that it's saying basically it's you can almost hear her. She has the heart and the chutzpah of a writer, mm-hmm. but people will see it and think, "Oh, she's an actress. She used a ghostwriter." And that's what his argument was: was that she was a true writer. But people have taken one or two lines out of his review out of context, and I said, "Oh, Harlan Nelson accused her of having a ghostwriter." And so, if you've read that biography, I wanted to say that because I agree with you. Uh, what is it? Postcards, Postcards from the Edge. Postcards from the Edge. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal writer. So anyway, yes, we all scary Fisher too soon. Uh, back to your point about there being no stakes. Um, there are no stakes. My there's biggest... no chicken. There's no bacon. <laughs> there's no what? protein to be had. There. So I've seen the movie a couple times now. I went and saw it myself. Um, and now I took my son, and he loved it. And by the way, if you're critical of any Star Wars film. Any Star Solo, any of I don't care, uh, Last Jedi, whatever. Find you a, a six to ten year old that has mm-hmm. never seen it. They can see other Star Wars films, but if it's their first time seeing it. Uh, and I'll tell the story because it made me actually enjoy um, Rise of Skywalker more than I did when I first saw it. Uh, did I, I saw more errors the second time I saw it, but I was with my son 
And I know we said we'd do some spoilers now. There's a scene where Poe Dameron is pretty much giving a concession speech. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I thought we could do this. I thought everything, you know, right. I thought we could make a difference. Maybe I was wrong. And then you hear, spoiler, Lando come on and say, there's always more of us than there are of them. And he raises the ship up, and sure enough, there's a fleet. My son stood up. We saw it at the AMC, the dollar fee, or the old dollar fee. Yeah. He stood up. There was probably 20 people in the theater. And he went, oh, yeah. And everybody in the theater <laughs> just went, <laughs> it was it was cool. Because my son had set mouth agape, just, oh, my God, it's Star Wars. So he loved the movie. He did. He, and by the way, and that's what I was going to say, it made me realize that all my critiques, and one of my critiques, by the way, is about the editing. Um, okay, so they fall into the quicksand that's not really quicksand, that stuff. Yeah. Watch the opening. that When they fall in, C-3PO is upside down. Mm-hmm. All you see is his legs sticking out doing this. The next scene, C-3PO's head is up and his torso is up. Now, C-3PO has a very distinct walk. He's not overly flexible. So you're telling me a flippin' Jedi who we saw levitating eating noodles earlier is stuck in that, but a droid that has no mobility was able to flip himself completely around in the two seconds they You mean away. the Jedi who basically fixes the angry snake monster's tooth later so that they doesn't By the way, get... the Mandalorian foreshadowed that. Did it really? What did it say? The episode, remember? No. Carl Weathers gets cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it I mean, did, it did. It foreshadowed it the Wednesday before it came out. Yep. That episode dropped Wednesday, and yes. then the movie came out so, Thursday. And by the way, I was like, yeah, it's, I it's didn't realize good. what you are talking That's about. Yet. And I am talking about the tooth. But, it wasn't the tooth. Oh, no, no, it's like the scales. Yeah. That, the bumble. The that bumble. That bumble. That bumble. That, that bumble's tooth. Uh, that being said, the other thing that I will want will, out my critique is there's some bad edits in it that I noticed at the same time. But I'm so glad, I'm so glad J.J. Abrams brought transporting to Star Wars. It was due. It was due. And that's one of my big critiques. The fact that you can transport stuff with the Force now. What did they transport? The lightsaber. Oh, yeah. And that's my entire Shit, James, have I... This is how forgettable this damn movie is. I'm sitting here trying to remember, and I just saw this, what, December the 19th or 18th? Dude, I saw it three days ago, so I'm a little bit more... But we're only, today is the 3rd of January. We're talking about two and a half weeks. And I'm sitting here trying my best to remember what the hell you're talking about. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And that's what got me about it was, I was like, okay, wait a second. I don't even remember what you're talking about. When did they transport Remember, that's the entire final fight because Ray's pulling the lightsaber back to strike down Palpatine, puts it back, and then literally it appears in. And don't get me wrong. Let me give, yes. you, You can totally get away with that. My problem with that is, is that again, I'm going by Lucas saying, "Well, they oh, did do it in the Last Jedi." The, but I, uh, I get it. But Mace Windu and all of them were supposed to be the ultimate Jedi's. That they were the ones that knew how to use all the powers and all the healing. And you get snippets of that. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a lot of teleporting of uh, stuff. And by the way, the fact that you can use the Force and your lightsaber will cut something in another place if you're talking to someone. And don't get me wrong. That is that is so minor of a critique, but it is it does make me kind of give me those moments. And I actually posted this to a Star Trek group. I'm like, everybody talks about how J.J. Abrams brought Star Wars to Star Trek. I am so glad Star Trek gave something back to Star Wars. Um, Here's he, can I go down a list of shit that bothers me about the uh, movie? Please do, because I've got more. All right, 
So, people got pissed at Ryan Johnson for killing off Snoke midway through The Last Jedi. In their defense, I like the character of Snoke and would have liked to see more. You know what pisses me off even more about that? So, they're just growing Snokes in jars. <laughs> well, and not, not that they're just growing Snokes in jars. Like, yeah, you see those like, oh, test tube Snokes over There's there. There's a bunch of Snokes. That being said, and I'm fine, like, show us one, like, oh, this was a failed prototype. Like the scene in Aliens 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, which is not the best Aliens film. But Aliens 4, Alien Resurrection. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Um, but it's an interesting movie. It's an interesting, and Written that's an Joss interesting Sweden. scene. Yeah, it's an interesting scene. Uh, of, 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 not but, a good, not a great I, I'll tell you, out of those four, the least interesting one is a good one. They're all good. Yeah, yeah. In in retrospect, they're all. But anyway, you were saying. But but no, I agree with that. Like, okay, wait a second. So you could clone one Snoke. You could, why do you just not have? Because Snoke had the Force. What? Um. That being said, uh, so that's no, a go complete ahead. throwaway. Pisses me off. So you find out in the first ten minutes. I'll give him credit. Rise of Skywalker moves like Speedy Gonzalez. Oh yeah, and still is two and a half hours. Oh, I was gonna... and it's not two and a half hours. It's not. I timed it. Oh. It's a bunch of shit at the front of it, and a bunch of shit at the end of. It. What are you going to say? I was. Gonna, I said earlier. I'd tell you what the ticket taker. T- what did he uh, say? So, so I was going in, taking Silas. And the guy looked at Silas, and he said, uh, just FYI, with trailers and everything, this movie runs about three hours. Uh, I, I said, okay. Yeah. And I looked at Silas, you need to use the restroom. And then he goes on, though. He goes, of which about 25 minutes is really good content, 20 is pretty good, and the rest is a commercial. <laughs> and I was like... The whole movie? That, he was yes. referring to the whole movie? 25 minutes of really good content, 20 pretty good, and the rest is a commercial. And I was about like, accurate. I, I literally went, uh, I was walking, and I was like, man, I know he would get in trouble for saying that. That being said, I was like, that may be the best, best review I him. saw. Was this at the AMC? Um, I don't want to cost this individual his job. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, But I, I literally I was like, that's a fair critique. Uh, it's the more I thought about it, because... Well, you said you were going to go through the list. Hold on, I'm not yeah. done. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm about to go on the list. So, it moves around, moves like Speedy Gonzalez, so we're okay with that. I'm o- and, and, by the way, I did not hate the movie. No, but, right. but when you say something's going to be the end of a series or of a, of a story, it's the same critique a lot of Star Trek fans have, have of Star Trek Generations. You can kill Captain Kirk. That's fine. Killing Captain Kirk by having his death be, I fell off a bridge. Which the original script just had to be vaporized. Which also would have been bad. But shouldn't an epic story end epically? I don't understand any of this shit. So, he's fine. Try- he f- he's out looking for the Emperor. They f- Somehow there's a transmission and the Emperor's out there. Why does he even let it out that he's out there? Who gives a shit? And well, he's in this really hard place to find unless you're a goth guy that wants to hang out in a soccer stadium. Basically. Let me fit. No, we're not there yet. We're not. Give me a second. So no joke, brother. And my biggest fear, and I said this to many of you, was about J.J. doing the third one. I was like, oh, he's going to be safe. I just hope he doesn't do Return of the Jedi. Son of a bitch if he didn't even not eat brought back the fucking Emperor. All right, which sounded cool. And I thought, well, maybe they'll play into it because if you... He did. J.J. gave props to the prequel. So in the third one, he, um, Palpatine talks about Darth blah, 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 who learned how to pet, who... Darth not, Plagueis, right? Darth Plagueis, who, and his, he learned to get through death, right? Yeah. 
or past death. So, it, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you make the ultimate bad be Darth Plagueis? Like have I him don't just know. be manipulating, manipulating the whole time. Palpatine, he's the one. Palpatine, Palpatine, and Snoke, and all of them, and and Dooku, and all of them. And yeah, have, it was always Plagueis. Yeah, well, I don't understand why it wasn't him. However, I have met I have met the actor uh, did Ian McDermott Ian McDermott uh, I did his panel at Comic Con he's a wonderful man I'm glad he got the work <laughs> I'm glad he got to play them for one more time and he I plays guess, it he still he plays does, it well and he did a wonderful if you go on YouTube look up Lexington Comic Con you can see my face light up when he does the Emperor's voice and I actually say in front of a whole crowd I hope somebody got that did that just happen now <laughs> Which is not what you want to. You try not to fanboy in my position. Anyway, what? So he finds the emperor. The emperor is some shriveled up shrimp. Yeah, out on, a, in, on a hoist. On a hoist. <laughs> no, dude. All right, that's. Thank you for reminding me. On a Hellraiser two, it's straight out of Hellraiser two. It's the one. Cre- Have you ever seen Hellraiser two? It's the doctor who becomes a Hellraiser and he walks around. It's the same fucking gimbal thing that falls. So JJ, so Captain Phasma is out of Phantasm. I I truly believe JJ is a fan of Hellraiser, and I should tweet him and go, dude, did you watch Hellraiser two before you did the production design on that, or somebody did? So he's on a gimbal and a hard to find planet where he's built somehow or another thousands of star destroyers, and though we've spent nine movies trying to build a fucking Death Star and Star Killer Base to kill stars and planets or whatever, he's found out a way to just put a dick at the bottom <laughs> of the old Star Destroyer. It's not the new Star Destroyer, it's the old Star Destroyer, which I appreciate. So he somehow put a big Star Killer dick <laughs> underneath, right? It looks yep. like a dick. A star killer dick under each star destroyer, right? Which doesn't make sense, though. I mean, because if you flick it once, it explodes. So you think, yeah, well, because... if you flick me once, I mean, <laughs> some people are eight, but you know, two pump chump Joe. So you got your flick a dick star destroyer, literally dick. Uh, I just can't. It's just a big penis. Anyway, so cut to that's one problem I have. And then he's going to work for him, and he goes out, and he says, well, Ray's going to be yada, yada, yada. We find another problem we have is I thought they did a pretty good job of saying Ray's parents are nobody. She just inherited the Force. doesn't explain a lot of why she has so much powers. I get why J.J. went, and spoiler alert, she's the Emperor's daughter, or granddaughter. granddaughter. Okay, that explains why she has so much power. Cut to back to the ending of the movie. I, somehow or another, would like to know, and Jesus, I don't know why this bothers me. So, he was off dead, half alive, building Star Destroyers with killer dicks underneath them. Star killer dicks. With, with, again, a goth team of people hanging out in a soccer stadium. That's what I was about to say. We... Why could we not cut to one close-up of what those assholes look like? Because you're sitting there watching the movie thinking, are they... There's that one scene when when, when, uh, uh, Kylo Ren first shows up, and you see the one with the black leather kind of bandages all around her face. But you don't know if that's what the rest of them look like or not. Who knows? I have to go back and rewatch it. I was so pissed. I wanted to see... Why can't we see who... Who are these people? Are they are they all Sidious? I mean, are they? I mean, not Sidious. Are they Snoke? all? 
Yeah, are they all Snokes? What are they? Who created them? Where are they going? Have they also always worshipped the dark side? How did they all end up there? Why haven't any of these questions been answered? Why are they been hidden? How did they get hidden there? Where are they getting the resources to build all of these killer dick starships, right? <laughs> Who's building them? Is it just the people in the soccer stadium? I'm with you. I have no fucking clue. Here's the thing Ketterman brought up. I want to give him a little credit. God, I'm passionate about this one thing. So, if she kills you... You get to be go through her and live and through her. And all the Siths go into you. All right. But if you wait 10 minutes, <laughs> you get to take off her power and just be you anyway. You know what? And this is going to make That's a lot... That's so stupid. Let me make a lot of people angry. That's so You know what that stupid. ending is? What? That ending's already been done before. What? It's called Highlander Endgame. Go back. I've Seriously. never seen Highlander well, Okay, Endgame. so Highlander Endgame... By the way, I hope that if nothing else becomes viral, let let's let James making an argument that that uh, Last Jedi is this Highlander in game. Highlander in game. Duncan McCloud gets introduced to the movie series. Connor McCloud has been in hiding because he's basically so Christopher Lambert's character has been in hiding because he basically took a note saying he would no longer hurt any more thing, and he took some ancient uh, Buddhist philosophy yeah. that the only way you can not hurt anything is basically to seclude yourself so you don't even step on a blade of grass and they've set so up a way the last Jedi so they've set up a way for immortals to do this and basically they just put you constantly under and the watchers keep you safe in Endgame uh, I think it's Kel is the name of the villain Kel comes back and he was a preacher who was driven out of the faith because he became immortal and Connor was going to mentor him and it didn't work out Connor's hit himself. Kale comes back and says, I'm going to get vengeance on him. He could have helped me more. He took my faith from me. He ends He ends up coming to kill Connor. The movie plays out. Duncan McLeod, who was the TV Highlander. Um, Connor does one move. He says, he's going to kill me and take all my powers. Because I have the powers of all the other immortals I've killed. If he does that, he will have ultimate power. He will have the prize. And if you watch the first movie, that makes sense. And if you watch the third movie, he also has sorcerer powers by this point. He sets Duncan McLeod up to do this thing to where it's a sword, they're sword battling and Duncan says, I won't kill you, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you have to kill me or he will. And Connor McLeod executes this sword maneuver that forces you to behead the other person and Duncan McLeod kills him. At the last battle they have in the film, he's Duncan McLeod is fighting Kel. Sword, bam, 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 bam. And then he takes his sword, and every time the sword passes in front of his face, it you see a flash of Connor McCloud within him. And it's, oh, the two of them combined can stop Kel. The Last Jedi is Highlander Endgame. Or the Rise I'm sorry, the Rise of Skywalker is Highlander Endgame. That being said, it's even almost goofier <laughs> because... Everything else has already been so established. Like Highlander, none of the movies make sense outside of their outside of that. Yeah, movie. Yeah, they're not very good because they're, they're outside all of that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because I mean Highlander, Highlander you can watch makes sense. But if you look at Highlander two and try to apply Highlander one two, it doesn't work. They're each you have to just say this is Highlander three. Ignore everything else you know. Yeah, Star Wars never did that before, and I feel like Rise of Skywalker expects us to play that game a little bit because you're right. Uh, there, there's just so many other things. And there's a soccer stadium yeah. of people cheering them on. And Whenever there's only two of these things, but somehow these soccer stadium people show up. And then on top of that, 
that's the other thing is like there's always when it comes to the Sith, there's always the master and the apprentice. Yeah. Which makes no sense anyway if you know anything about the Knights of the Old Republic or whenever Yoda when yeah. they were the world when the universe was surrounded by yeah. Sith. I don't know. It's so stupid. But uh, so, so oh, my last my last big critique is the ending. So she goes back to Tatooine. I understand why they have to end it in Tatooine, kind of. And she takes both of their lightsabers to bury them there. And it made no sense to me because I thought, Carrie Fisher, and I know it's Princess Leia, I'm sorry. Princess Leia was never on Tatooine. Except to be made a slave by Jabba. Yeah, that's it. So, so I'm going to return this priceless artifact in her memory to the place. So the editor actually explained a little bit of it, and I, I, I did understand it, that that was... Where they, because she can't go back to Alderaan. No. And Ray is is not necessarily, she's not going back there. She's just tracing her steps and putting them together in a place where they were. I can't remember how she put it. It made a little bit more sense to me. I still disagree with Ray calling herself a Skywalker. The, by the way, there is an excellent tweet, and I should have wrote down Which is how the was. movie ends. Yeah. I, was, who do you have a last name? It's Skywalker. I'm Ray Longpaw. And that, by the way, that's my entire thing. Like, if I would have been in Georgia filming that, by the time she said Skywalker, the lady would have been 15 feet away. Like, okay, she's Ray. Ray yeah. <laughs> I'm Ray. Did you say Doom Buggy? <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's one of my things. I, I, I love it uh, because it's one of those things. And anyway, there was a. Uh, a tweet, a tweet, and I forget who it was. Some, I don't think he's anybody major. Like he's not a checkmark tweeter, uh, verified. But his entire critique of the movie was he just posted like, "J.J. Uh, Abrams, Star Wars universe." I'm Ray. Looks into distance. Ray, Star Wars. J.J. Abrams. Because <laughs> of course the next thing is directed by J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that would have been just as good. And then somebody posted back, and I, I alluded to it earlier. Um, What's your name? I'm Ray. Long pause. Long pause. Misa Ray Ray Binks. And I was like, that would have worked just as well. I would have been, oh, there you go. Uh, so what are your problems? Quick. My problems are... Where are we at? Like hour 48? My problems are actually, uh, we get Lando back, and Lando's nothing. I mean, Lando doesn't play... He plays fact, the same role that he did in, the, but, but, in Return of the Jedi. He brings the fleet... Uh, but that also doesn't play any real like there's there's the entire scene which viewed one way is creepy. Uh, I mean like oh of him asking the lady to uh, like, where uh, she says I'll where are you, you from yeah. and he goes I'm gold system gold system yeah, 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 yeah. and that, where are you from I don't know and I'm like oh my god let's go find him let's go find him there's a uh, which I was like oh that would actually be I'd watch that spinoff mm-hmm. Billy D Williams as Lando using his old scoundrel connections to try to find where these kids are from. That are now, you know, I thought, God, that's really interesting. But I was like, that scene doesn't play right. Do you know why it doesn't play right? Editing. Or, or, and I don't even know if the scenes were filmed. If you buy the novelization, the script, or the visual guide, mm-hmm. it explains why Billy D. Williams even went with Mark uh, Hamill. Why would he leave Cloud City? He was the administrator there. He was supposed to go back there and keep it safe. Mm-hmm. That was part of his thing. All that was explained in the script. He had a daughter that was taken by the First Order because who did the First Order target? Anybody that helped the Rebellion, they oh, were really? going to take something from you. That was... And if you buy the visual companion is what, I, what somebody recommended to me. Because it goes into detail about he the reason he went with Luke 
and left everything he knew to go on the quest with Luke was hoping he could find the daughter that was stolen from him. By the Empire, not the First Order. Um, well, by the, it's the First Order Rose. Oh, okay. When they were when they stopped using clone soldiers and I they understand. started abducting children, mm-hmm. and I was like, God, that made that would have made that scene four hundred times better. Yeah. And if you don't read the visual companion, the script, blah, 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 you're never going to know that, and it's always going to play as a. Yeah, it is a little creepy. I totally agree. Here's the other thing: uh, with her kissing, Adam Ren Jar- kissing I- Kylo Ren. I looked in the middle of the theater. Clay was to the left to me. Christy was to the right, and said, Did "Anybody forget that motherfucker is a mass murderer? He's a sociopath." Well, and then of course he dies. It gives him his life force to her, and he dies. Well, and, and, for some sort of redemption. He, some people have made the argument. Well, by then he's he's on a cow ring. He's back to being bad. And I'm like, okay, you can make the argument. My argument actually is they wasted that bloody character. I agree. Because I, I'm i with you. In The Force Awakens, I'm like, eh, Kylo Ren will never be Darth Vader. I think going into this one, I was well, like... he doesn't need to be. He's a, he's a different kind of villain. Well, and that's what I mean. Going into this one, I bought Adam Driver is... And I I, I, I couldn't tell what he was going to do. Like, I could guess. I didn't think he was going to ever go completely dark or anything. After, you know, he already killed his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Pointing that out. But, okay, so... So, What's the other thing that bothers you? Come on. Um, I, I I think there's just... I mean, to be honest, like I said... I, and again, it sounds like I hate it. I did enjoy it for what it was. I enjoy it for what it is, but it's a mess of a movie. It's a mess of a movie, and that's what I keep going back to is... You got... Okay, spoiler. Big spoiler. It's his, it's his Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. In fact, I think Into Darkness may be better. Because at least Into Darkness had one good villain. Yep. Uh, and that's what I will say. That's I agree with that. That's actually a good way to look at it. Because um, Peter Weller is a great villain. Uh, that movie did not need Khan. No. And it damn sure didn't need Benedict Cumberbatch playing Khan. No. Um, which, allegedly, by the way, there's two Star Trek films in the work, not counting the one if we're Tarantino's not going to do one. Yeah. That's he, what, uh, he said, I'm leaning toward not doing it. Yeah. But there's two, allegedly, in the work outside of if that he ever does one. And I was like, I don't know what those are going to be. I'm interested. I'm, I'm excited. It's a good year for Star Trek coming up. Three series will be launching. Picard, Discovery Season 3, and then Lower Decks. Anyway, uh, that being said, I, I, I just look at it and I'm like, man, you have so much going on. And so much you could do. Uh, and I love the fact John Boyega and uh, um, who's Poe Dameron? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Are trolling Disney online saying, can we just be gay? <laughs> I mean, they're they're having fun with the fact that obviously there's, and then there's so yeah many, they have something going on. There's so many questions left unanswered by the end of the movie. So you're telling me you're wrapping up the Skywalker saga and and allegedly closing out these characters. Uh, we never find out. Like I th- I think they did a lot of setup for DJ from the second mm-hmm. one. We never know what happened to him, um, and we never will. And we never will, which is tragic because I would again. They, and they didn't particularly kill off Captain Phasma. No. You think he is, but I we thought she was. They didn't bring her back for this, which I thought was kind of odd because J.J. is the one who created her. Yeah. And and to be honest, she's a compelling, like, why is she in the silver armor? She's, why she's... in, she's in, oh, shit, I can't think of uh, that new show. Not Rebels. The Resistance? Other she's in Resistance. That just doesn't set well with me. And again, it's not that it's, Oh, it's not. That's not real Star Wars. I'm not one of those people. 
But it's like you didn't answer my question. You 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 gave you gave me okay. I, I went in for dinner, and you gave me a salad, and then you skipped a dessert. And I was looking for something in the middle. There are no steaks in that movie. And that's, that's what I was about to say. There you did is, not get steak for No, dinner. there was no steak. You got no I got, steak I got a baked dinner. potato, and it was a little overcooked. Yeah, and um, no butter, no sour cream. No, You're like, no. where the fuck are the chives? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you need chives? I want chives. This is Star and, Wars. And I asked for Diet Coke, and they did the, we only have Diet Pepsi. Oh, oh no. Man, no. Kiss on them. Piss on them, sir. <laughs> and that's what it felt like. And that's I guess that's really what it to is that they did a great job. J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson both, I will argue, in their own way, um, they entered a universe where we loved There were no, there was no way you were going to succeed 100%. No, but we loved Chewie, we loved uh, Luke, we loved Han, we loved Land. I love Land. Lando's my all-time favorite character. Right. That being said, and they managed to do it, I actually, Poe Dameron I agree with you. I, and, I, I, and, and people Finn? bitch about Ray. I don't know. I think the third movie is Ray's least interesting movie. Yeah. Same thing with about Joe and Bo, John Boyega. I understand as an actor he got more things to do. But, okay, so he's force sensitive. And that explains why he took off his helmet and no longer yeah. want to be a stormtrooper. But... Which and and I, I guess do, I guess a little bit of Ryan Johnson, a little bit of not not to Ryan Johnson's argument, uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I I think that's really it. Is they did something pretty phenomenal, which I guess we can lead into kind of closing up with some of the things we did like. I think, and some of it is fan service that I actually enjoyed. I think those the new movies managed to introduce new characters because I'll be honest, maybe it's because I knew he was going to go evil. Or maybe it's because I knew where they were going, but the prequels never really made me care too much about Anakin. I agree. Um, they never and even Obi Wan, like, I, and by the way, you and McGregor, phenomenal actor. But I was always like, nah, okay, I mean, I, I, there's, there's. I agree with you on Anakin. I, Anakin um, is not a compelling character in the trilogy whatsoever. In the prequels, and I am not one of the people that's going to blame any of the actors that played Anakin. Uh, my my son is going back. He's now obsessed with the Clone Wars, so I'm watching those with him. I'm having some fun with it. Uh, but even in those, I'm like, can we just? Uh, Anakin went off and did his own thing again. How could this ever go bad? Um, so anyway, all of that being said, what do you like about Rise of Skywalker? I think the new trilogy, including Rise of Skywalker, I never stopped caring about those characters. Agreed. Uh, I, I I want think, Finn, and, and I think I JJ want, deserves the credit for establishing all those characters. I I think you know, and that's it. Say so, I can say Rise of Skywalker was aggravating, and would I watch it again? Yes, I'll watch it again. Did I mention I watched Star, every Star Trek, and some of those are limits. Um, I'm talking TV series and everything. Um, Dude, Insurrection. Man, I don't know. Insurrection. You know, Insurrection is really really bad. I sat down and I watched Nemesis again. It's not good either. And I was like, you wanted to make Wrath of Khan. And I realized, you can say what you will about J.J. Abrams' take on Wrath of Khan. It's better than Nemesis. It may still be better than Nemesis. And it was sad. Because that's how the next generation cast ended up going out. I know. Until we get Picard. But anyway. Anyway, get back to your story. um, We're talking about Star Trek. So I (laughs) I mean, Star Wars. I think we... Which one has walkies? I think the Borg. <laughs> How did the Borg end up How on Darth Sidious's planet? <laughs> I I I think that's so fascinating. I think that they create characters we care about. What Rise of Skywalker did that worked, and some of it is fan service. 
spoiler alert, Han Solo coming back as a Force Ghost type thing. Yeah, um, no, he's not a Force Ghost. He's So, we get Mark Hamill, spoiler alert, as a Force Ghost. What we get for Han is a memory. Is a memory. Uh, but and that's did did Carrie Fisher activate the memory when she did whatever she did? Spoiler alert: Carrie Fisher is what caused. I can do it because you did. Princess Leia, actually General Leia. General Leia. Time, I General remember Organ. when she was a princess. Um, she no, she'll always be royalty to me. Uh, but General Leia uh, basically is what causes. Spoiler alert: At one point, one of, <laughs> one of the one of the two deaths Adam of Driver of of Kylo Ren is caused by. Yeah, by by his mother. Mother, um, but does that trigger the the memory? I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. But it's that scene I know was a hundred percent fans, especially the way it ended. But God, Why are it, you hitting this one where the audio people are listening to? Go, what's going on here? I'm punching a thing of meat. What you don't know is every time we're filming, we're reenacting the scene from Rocky. We're punching meat. Um, but the the scene that worked on me, and I literally I rolled my eyes at myself at the same time I was enjoying it because I'm like I know it's fan service, but Adam Driver I think actually does some pretty good acting. Opposite, I agree. Uh, up opposite Harrison Ford, and he he does this scene again. I know what I have to do, Dude. but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Uh-huh. Han Solo reaches out, touches his face like he did right before mm-hmm. he died the last time, and says, "You do," and then he says, "Dad." I and Harrison Ford answers. I know. Yeah, I agree. and I'm like, God, it worked on me, and it shouldn't have. That is pandering. But I was like, Ooh. Oh, I agree. It, I it agree. worked. It, it that worked scene on worked me on too. Me. It's a good um, scene. It I, Lando. Certain, Lando I, was misused. I think they didn't do enough with him. They cut too much from the script that would have been obviously pops. They thought it was relevant to put in the visual. Uh, guide for the movie. Mm-hmm. They put all that information in the visual guide, left it out of the actual film. That being said, when Lando does appear and he do- gives that speech, to- but then it cuts to him and he does the "woo," which is even in the trailer. I was like, "Oh God, it's Lando!" It's- you know, and he even said early in the film, "My flying days are behind me." It's all pandering, but those examples are pandering. That I will be honest, they worked on me. Did I want more Lando? Yes, I think if you watch the movie, the the fact Lando features in the trailer, probably two out of the really three scenes that he's in are in the trailer. Yes. Um, it's aggravating. That being said, they brought back my favorite character. It's kind of the way I feel about Star Trek Generations. Yeah, they took Kirk out terribly, but I got to see Captain Kirk on the big screen one more time. One more time. I I enjoyed the movie. I think it's a mess. I, and I'm sticking with that criticism. I'm going to rewatch it hopefully in the next week or two. I'd like to see it one more time on the big screen. I want to pay the extra money and see it in the... Yeah, the, yeah, the big big screen because I want to see some stuff that I missed. I want to rewatch that whole ending, although I don't think it's going to help me any. What? Well, no, but I agree with you. And I, the more I think about it, it's and and again, I, the Twitter response I'm fascinated by, and the fact that so many people are angry at it that are now elevating the one that other people were angry at before. Um, but I think I'll be interested to see how it ages. It's the worst of the three. And I almost wonder if it's not going to be viewed as arguably maybe the worst in the series. But I, I think it's the inconsistency. And like I said, I don't think there's any stakes. And what I was going, there's this great tweet that agrees 110% with you and Ketterman that there are no stakes. And the way they did it was, they basically did it as one of those conversations, movie, me, movie, me, acting as if they're talking in the film. Like, oh my God, Chewbacca died, me. No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. 
No, he did, totally. Two seconds later, he just kidding, he's not dead. I knew he wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to kill him. And it's like, oh no, C-3PO lost his memories. He'll never get oh, him back. Oh, and they brought him back. And it was like, oh no, he, you're going to bring him back. And they did it, and that's another one that, that's a bad scene. I want to look at my friends one last time. After they have given that robot nonstop shit for the last hour. Yeah. Nonstop shit. Don't so, ever, I love that. Yeah. But that scene is out of place with how they treat with how what they've done with three PO the last forty five minutes. Uh, one other thing I, I must admit that I did like, and I should have, Boba Frick. Oh, him. Boba! That's the best character in the damn I movie. Love, I love Boba Frick. Boba Frick, give me a movie right now. I don't care about continuity. Screw it. Baby Yoda, Boba, Boba Frick. Frick. Yeah, I, that's uh, the best. Dude. Reprogramming droids, going on adventures. Everybody, yeah, I think that's a much more interesting character than the little droid who's scared. Oh, D zero, yeah, D O, D O, or whatever. D O. Uh, Listen, B O can have his own. Boba Frick. <laughs> no, I completely agree. It's the best new character. And by the way, and again, it doesn't make any sense. But when what's her name, who is a love interest that we just meet for Cameron Poe and gets two whole scenes. Uh, Cameron Poe, where'd that come from? Dameron Poe. Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Uh, who's played by... Um, Oscar Isaac. Uh, no. Oh, you're talking about the... the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Felicity, which was yeah. created by J.J. Abrams. But the uh, that scene's cool and all of that stuff. But I, 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 I could care less about her to some extent. Because uh, I think some of that's forced. Here's a chip that can get you off the planet that I just said is my only way off of here. That's another thing the Twitter person said. Okay, I'm going to take it. Later on, you're still going to somehow show up in a battle when I need you, even though you just told me this was going to There are win. no stakes. stakes. There's um, no weight to that movie. That weight has... That movie has no... That being said, it makes no logical sense why all of a sudden, in the battle, she has a conversation, and at the very end, Boba Frick just pops up and goes, Wee! <laughs> but I still... And by the way, my son did the same, and I didn't realize how much fun it was that we get one last shot of Boba Frick in a battle for no reason until my son went, Oh, it's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Because I'm like, I Boba Frick... I want, character. I, yeah, no, so I agree. I, I, I think... Uh, the, Maybe, like you said, there's no stakes because there's too many Deus Ex. You get, we can't, we destroyed that little probe thing. Hey, wait, it turns out Dio, who hung around with the guy that had it forever, has some information in his databanks. And obviously, he doesn't have the C-3PO hangups, so there was no reason for us to put C-3PO through that. And that yeah. becomes the entire, it's the same thing as that planet. Yeah. It's why did, we needed something for C-3PO to do. I agree. I agree. All go right, back man. and watch it. But anyway, uh, so if you haven't seen it and you're thinking about seeing it, I actually go see I, it. I mean, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to us now, we're almost at hour two. Obviously, you've probably watched the movie and you're a huge fan of Bonehead. Thank you so much. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. That being said, please go out and watch Rise of Skywalker and let us know. And if you didn't like anything that we just said or you have a counter argument about it, I specifically about how we shit on Rise of Skywalker, but we like it. Or how we kind of tore apart part of The Last Jedi, but that's my favorite out of the new trilogy. Yeah, and again, credit to J.J. Abrams, and actually credit to all I the authors. I enjoy the first two. I really all the authors think that Rise of Skywalker is just a mess. All the authors that worked on all of these, you did manage to create characters, be it Boba Frick. And by the way, Boba Frick, if you're a Harry Potter fan, look up who does the voice of Boba Frick. Um, but you look at all of these things, all of this stuff, um, crap on the new series if you want to. Crap on the prequels. I do crap on the prequels. But what I've came to terms with the fact that 
episode four, five, and six, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi, are going to be Star Wars for me. And these others are Star Wars too. I'm not I'm not gatekeeping. I'm not saying these aren't real Star Wars. They are. These movies now are my son's Star Wars. Yeah. As he watches And they may be mine sons as, as well. I don't say, know as that. as he watches the ones I watch, and he loves, by the way, we mentioned Rogue One earlier. My son loves if I if I say pick a movie to watch, Star Wars movie to watch, he'll pick Rogue One. So there's something about Rogue One that works for him. But if I put it in Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, he watches them, he enjoys them. But for him, and maybe it's because of the magic of seeing it on the big screen, Ray, Poe, Kylo, all that stuff is his Star Wars. And my daughter's too. I'm I'm not being sexist. My daughter loves loves Ray. When is one year for Halloween as Ray? Mm -hmm. Loves that character. So I think that is, if I'm going to end this on a positive note, I honestly think... As bad as things as I may have, or as many things as I said, man, I wish they wouldn't have added that out, or I wish they would have left that in for context so that scene wouldn't be creepy with my hero. Um, Star Wars goes on, man. I think that's really it. And and, and I I think Mandalorian is telling us that. I think we're getting all of that stuff. And and so I guess my ultimate critique of it is... You keep repeating yourself. Well, no, my ultimate critique of all this stuff is... is, uh, Say it! Star Wars is going to keep going, and if it's not for me, guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, that's that's something I came to terms with is too. Is yes. that the prequels aren't so, for me. So if you if you're in a theater and you threw your hands up and went, Star Wars is dead to me. Don't go back. Don't go back. It's not somebody for you else. Anymore. Go back. Absolutely. It's not, I, and that's fine. It's, hey, check. And if you think it's dead to you, check out the Mandalorian. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And but if you don't, if you're like, well, Baby Yoda's just made to sell toys. Watch the prequels, and if you want to, <laughs> and if you want to watch something that's closer to it, watch Rogue One. Watch Rebels. Rebels, Rebels. I think, is 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 a great tie-in if you're a fan of four, four five, and six. So, uh, and, and that's the end of the day. That's what it is. Star Wars is not over. We already know we're. Getting It'll never be over. Three more years. We're getting what another trilogy. Allegedly. Hopefully, they have. They. I don't think they've got it all locked down yet. But, quite frankly, we know, especially now that Man- Mandalorian. And I know we're getting a Cassian series. I don't know yet. Uh, I, I think that's what they were saying that the the guy and who played Cassian in in Rogue One is going to have his own series on Disney Plus. And of course, they're going to keep making content for Disney Plus. Why wouldn't you? Mandalorian was the most streamed. Was, was up until The Witcher the most the streamed one? Yeah. And allegedly, uh, and I, I I think it's we live in cool times, man. Yeah. There's not. I mean, yeah. It's a yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We may do some more Star Wars later. Actually, if you want us to go back and do Rogue One and Solo, let us know. We, we, we'd like to know. If you don't want us to do it, that's fine, too. Yeah. But uh, honestly, let us know what you think. And again, we're being honest. You want to get on Facebook, go to our website, and, and or go to our, web, uh, our, uh, our Facebook page. Send us an essay on where you think we went wrong. And as long as you make a cogent argument, as long as you're not like, oh, you just feel that way because Why you're... Kojak? Because I, I make sure stalkers. you do you MLA, not soccer. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I can't figure out APA. As long as you make a cogent argument that doesn't consist of you just feel that way because you're a beta cuck or something. I don't know what those are. Look it up, dude. I I, I got called. We're one. at two hours and ten minutes. Are you going to wrap this? I up? I got called one of those because I actually said I enjoyed Rise of uh, or that I enjoyed uh, the Last Jedi. Are you going to wrap this up? 
Give us an argument for where we're wrong. If you got a good point, we'll probably concede our point. See you next week on Bonehead. Or not. <laughs>